We are now back into open session. Um, regarding report out from closed session, we hired two new people. That would be Benjamin Leong, who is the Director of Instructional Support Technology Services, and um, Jasmine De La Cruz, who will be the Office Coordinator for, at the Student Health Center and the College Police. So welcome to them. Uh, we also had, um, we got a, we have a tentative acceptable offer from the Unified School District for the Menlo property. Rah, rah, we'll, we'll have a finalization of that hopefully by next month or so. Um, other than that, there was nothing else that uh, was voted on. That's, that's it. So, if you all please rise and repeat with me the pledge. Point three, adoption of the agenda with these changes. Um, item 11.5, Napa Valley Regional Consortium Authority for members of the leadership group. Uh, that's revised to correct add second assembly bill reference AB 86 and AB 104. Appointees added and referred to by title, not name and added appointees now reflective of the leadership group representation found in the consortium's master plan. Now we have public comment. At this time, the board will devote a total of up to 15 minutes for comments to the board of trustees for on subjects not appearing on as an Can agenda I item for the meeting. Sorry, Chair. Um, you need to vote on the adoption of the oh. agenda? Blue right past you. Did Move approval. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 It wasn't that funny. She's at the wrong meeting. <laughs> She's voting. Did you oh. vote? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I've done that before, too. Never mind. In the words of Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Public comment. At this time, the board will devote a total of up to 15 minutes for comments to the Board of Trustees regarding any subject not appearing as an agenda item for this meeting, but over which the board has jurisdiction. The public may ask the board to place an item related to the business of the district on a future board agenda. No action or discussion will occur at this time on such items. Individuals will be limited to a three-minute presentation. At this time, the board chair will poll those in attendance regarding their <coughs> intent to speak. Item on the agenda. Uh, we have only one card, and that would be Jack Gray to speak on 9.2. Did you want to take that comment at the item? Or take it at this time, or <coughs> when you get to the agenda item? Or to at 9.2. Oh, this is an, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Public comment for non agendized items. Sorry, Jack. We'll get to you quickly enough. Um, 
I don't see anyone else that wants to speak on public comment. So let's go to the constituent groups, Academic Senate, Amanda Badger. Good evening, board. Um, I uh, Now, I've, having come out of the fog of accreditation, I had the, I um, don't know if one would say the distinct pleasure, it was certainly an interesting experience to be interviewed uh, by six different individuals or teams of individuals last week. But um, I would actually like to say, in connection with the um, accreditation team visit, a uh, tremendous amount of thanks and respect to the uh, to the office, the Rippy office, and the staff therein. I had to go in numerous times and it was truly uh, uh, many moving parts but uh, Robin, Chris and Amira did a wonderful job at keeping all of that coordinated and on time as well as they could with some of our team members and I just want to, to extend my thanks. Um, I would also like to briefly just uh, highlight a couple of my colleagues who have recently uh, made the news, if you will, regarding uh, some pretty impressive projects that they have done beyond the boundaries of the campus. And um, specifically, I'm referring to Maria Villa-Gomez, uh, who has been working, our professor of Spanish, and my second, excuse me, my first VP, who uh, has been working as a consultant with a show, Nina's World, and got to go to Hollywood last a uh, couple of weeks ago, and was highlighted in the local paper recently. And uh, in addition, my colleague Jennifer King, professor of theater, who is currently on sabbatical in presently London, just got back from Warsaw, about to go to Berlin, who in a recent article has uh, shared her experience of being uh, directing theater in London, collaborating with a number of people there, and is looking forward to now doing that in Berlin. And I guess I, I want to highlight these two and, and not to actually forget Aaron Queeley, whom uh, I believe most of you would know has um, been, uh, is now driving uh, the NASA grant um, in STEM. And I guess I would like to just point out what a distinct honor it is to have these women as colleagues and that they are doing the thing that we one of the many things we try to do on this campus, which is build these partnerships beyond just what's going on here. And uh, just one final shout out to someone a little closer to my department, well, my, my office, shall I say. My colleague, Fane Hancock, is uh, wanting to raise money for student scholarships and will be in December selling her own work. She's uh, one of our professors of studio art. These are works that she does in connection with her teaching. And, um, and, she, and we all recognized a few years ago that our students often need assistance in attending field trips. And field trips are one of those things that are really, can be a really critical piece 
to our teaching visual and arts and art history. Typically, uh, you know, field trips to museums, galleries, and so forth. So um, I just wanted to take the opportunity to kind of brag on them a little bit and uh, just conclude by saying at a Senate meeting, academic Senate meeting almost two weeks ago, we had a really, really good presentation by the Vice Presidents, Junie and Hawk, on our present um, budget challenges and enrollment challenges. And the faculty at the meeting were um, extraordinarily responsive to the idea of a Friday retreat to kind of brainstorm. And, and so I thank both the Vice Presidents for a very clear and actually a, a very engaging dialogue, very clear presentation. So thank you very much. Thank you. And here, here to those people that uh, are achieving. We're all very proud of them. 6.2 Administrative Confidential Senate Report, Ken Arnold, President. Okay, well, I'll do it half yelling and half into the mic, so. Oh. Well, this is cool. I got the Vice President helping out here, man. This, boy, did I score. All right. Uh, Ken Arnold, uh, President, Administrative Senate. Uh, I'd sort of like to echo Amanda's uh, statement earlier. We are happy accreditation is done. And <laughs> thank you to the Rippy office and to uh, Robin for all of her hard work. And uh, certainly all of the folks up there are putting that together. And, and uh, we're just happy that it, that it is done, at least for right now. We're going to be going on an administrative retreat tomorrow up at the Upper Valley Campus. All the administrators then will be looking towards uh, uh, leadership issues and some of the challenges that we have coming up. And we're looking forward to that. The other note I'd like to do is publicly thank both uh, uh, Dr. Kraft and, and uh, Oscar DeHaro for allowing me to clear up a calendar. Uh, I'm going to be going to uh, Umpqua Community College and helping their recovery for all of next week. And I'll be up there uh, actually handling as a handler for a therapy dog is what I'm actually doing, but also observing from the standpoint of being a community college and how you go through such a traumatic event. Uh, and then I'll be bringing those lessons back to us. And uh, hopefully we will never have such an event, but and nevertheless, whatever lessons I can glean from up there. But I, I appreciate them allowing me to clear that calendar and, and be able to go up there. It's a tragic event, and that's a community that needs a lot of help. That's it for me. Uh, Kim. Yeah. Uh, the public safety was not armed on that campus, correct? Uh, I don't know yet. I've heard different things. So um, if the board would like, I would love to come down and tell you what I learn up there. Right now, everything's conjecture. I'd like to get my feet on the ground and see what's really going on right. and before I say what was what up there. Yeah. That is my hometown. Is it? Oh, yeah. that's right. And yeah. uh, I still have some relatives there. Fortunately, nobody that was involved in that. But you'll find a beautiful campus on the river. Oh, and I know. It's, it's uh, uh, very sad. Yeah, I very much appreciate the fact that they allow me to go. It's it's uh, you know it'll be a privilege to be a privilege in some ways to be involved in yeah. trying to see them help them recover. I think it's great you're going. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Ken. We'd love to hear a report from that.
we can just sure 6.3 associated students in Napa Valley College Eleni Tam uh, you don't look like that person <coughs> whose name I just mangled yeah that is correct um, my name is Jot and I'm the senator of public safety and I'm representing the ASNVC okay um, at the end of the month at the end of the month there is a California Community College Student Affairs Association conference ASNVC has a total of 13 representatives attending this conference this weekend of October 23rd to the 25th in San Jose ASNVC has also been working with the classified Senate to put on a Halloween event scheduled for the 29th of this month in the quad area from 12 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. And that is all. Thank you. And that is a major event on this campus. <laughs> Thank you. 6.4, Classified Association Report, Jan Shark, President. Good evening. Um, my report is that um, we've been talking classified staff about what happened up at Umqua. And one of the things we've noticed, and we've noticed for years, is that we do not have enough campus police officers. And we would like to encourage the district to relook at things and see if there's any way that we could add more officers. Two officers and one trainee. And not having 24-7 coverage out here is just not adequate for the safety of our staff, our students, and our property. Thank you. 6.5 classified Senate report Chris Farmer president well thank you for the segue Jan this was not planned but our employee of the month in October is mr. Hoyt Maddox of the College Police um, those of you know Hoyt know he's kind of a big teddy bear strong silent uh, I typically like to ask people about the employee of the month before I come make this presentation and uh, to sum it up he's always there he's always present he's always calm and he's always willing to help and I think it goes a long way he won by a landslide this month so uh, Hoyt Maddox is our employee of the month um, yeah he deserves a round of applause I think. he's out in the parking lot in his SUV yeah he's right out there <laughs> I also would like to bring up our Halloween activities I know I've been pounding you with Halloween activities for like two months but when you have Amira Donnelly planning your Halloween party that's what happens um, I've been happy to see you guys may have seen the um, the signs you've been booed on doors all around campus as little people have been leaving treats for each other each other the hope is that it will continue to expand throughout all campus and administration as this as the uh, month goes on we also now are getting our carnival in the play I believe the title we're going with now is creepy carnival so and that'll be on October the 29th starting at 12 o'clock if any of you can make it that'd be great um, and I just want to leave with a final thought uh, I'd like to echo what other people up here have said about accreditation and let me tell you I am tired I appreciate all the thanks that I've been getting but really it's Amira and Robin that did most of the work in the crunch hour I I just made some spreadsheets really um, but I was watching the flash on CW last night 
big surprise, a research analyst likes comic book characters, and they, they brought up a Hebrew word, kadima, and I don't know if there's any Hebrew scholars in the room, but it meant forward. And as much as I could be uh, inspired by this TV show on the CW network, <laughs> I was moved and I felt like it really applied to where the college is right now. We just made it through accreditation. We've started putting a lot of plans into place and it really inspired me in that it's time to move forward and I'm encouraged by my colleagues on this side of the table and I'm encouraged by my colleagues on that side of the table. I think it's really time to put the rubber to the road and let's make this college great. Thank you. Faculty Association Board, Diana Chibodi. I, I can't, yeah, my ears plug, so. Um, hello. Um, fortunately, I was not at any of the accreditation interviews. Yay! I did a lot last time, so it was nice to have a little reprieve, but I absolutely appreciate all of the hard work that goes into it and all of the the kind of angst and, and worry that goes into it, even if you're on the interview side, just someone asking you questions. I have a colleague at another college who had someone from our college on their team, and they told me, they called me and said, hey, who's this person on your campus? They grilled me for like an hour about, and I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't come to our campus when it's your turn, right? So, but, so I know it is a stressful process. So I don't really have a big report. Um, the association is hopeful about our current um, negotiations. We um, also, um, actually, Amanda and I met together with um, um, President Kraft this morning, and we had what we feel and think and hope um, was a positive and fruitful conversation. And um, I felt we had a lot of... Um, um, forthrightness on um, at the table and it felt like a good dialogue and I'm hoping that it is a step in moving forward for us. But other than that, that is all I have. Thanks so much. Thank you. 7.0 Superintendent President's Report, Dr. Kraft. Um. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, a couple things. Let me... Um, I'm reporting a, a bit that comes forward from the uh, Chancellor's office um, every every month. They sent he sends an update. Some of this was from uh, his update to the CEOs. A couple pieces on here. There are two. We've we've been noticing whether or not there was some Prop 30 um, initiatives that were kind of creeping up, but there are two um, that are um, out there as potential initiatives. The first is this School Funding and Budget Stability Act supported by CTA, and um, it, it allows the sales tax to increase to expire, both, both of these do, and keeps the income tax provision moving along, well, you know, which would be, I think, in terms of the, the college, a, a, a continued source of funding. Um, the other is called, the second paragraph here, We Invest in California Children's Act, supported by SCIU. I spoke to our local representatives here, and we chatted a little bit about that as well. Um, also, it's it's joined in with other groups. Extends um, it tax expires permanently on uh, Prop 30 plus it, but it would add additional taxes for the high earners. And then it's more of a split between K um, 14, um, the uh, healthcare access, and 10% for childcare. So those are just some general things that are bubbling up. Um, 
I think the chancellor believes there's not a, you know, there's not a real good possibility of these, but it seems to be picking up a little steam in Sacramento. So as we kind of move into the um, the legislative um, arena in the next few months, you'll be seeing these a little bit. Um, I just put a little piece in there on um, the uh, America's College Promise. And as I've talked about before, it's really nice for community colleges to be in the news um, and nationally to be in the news in a good way. You know, we had a, a, a um, you know, this unfortunate event that, that Ken's talked about and I'm going to talk about a little bit later in, in the meeting. But um, I think in terms of the overarching piece of the good work we do, we've never had such a high profile. And that is amazing. Um, it's picking up steam. California has been a leader in some of the, what I'll call, you know, um, college for everyone. Our, our Board of Governors waivers is celebrating its anniversary this year and has a huge impact. Um, I don't know the number, and somebody asked me this just before I, I got here, the number of our students on BOG waivers, but I don't know whether any VEEPs have that at the, you know, at the tip of your tongue. Or, yeah? here so that's roughly 4,800 uh, well 4,000 students right okay so and that, that was and that tip, typifies um, pretty much California is taking the lead at um, really providing absolutely fantastic quality education with very low cost of students so that's something for us to be proud of accreditation I, I noted some things on my report on accreditation too and um, we had a great celebration Could you roll that up, oh please? sorry I don't um, have my wireless device working today. <laughs> it's been that kind of day. Yeah, yeah. The the accreditation team came, did a great job. It was as as I said on our exit, we had uh, a um, an exit celebration just to kind of gather and and team, and a lot of you were in attendance at that. And um, it was a, a. I agree with Chris. Uh, I think accreditation cycle this last year, and as it kind of builds up, created a sense of momentum for the college. So it's a good academic exploration to really look at the core values of the institution, and that was really important. Next steps, this initial draft will be completed by the team. Um, probably in a month or a bit more, I'll receive, um, it, to my attention here, this external, um, this, this report, and all I can do is fact check it. I can't argue with their conclusions, but I will correct any um, any facts, and I'll work with cabinet and other folks to make sure that we have that input. And then it kind of works its way through. Um, after correcting, it goes to the team chair. At the January meeting, as you know, the commission meets, and they'll take action, and we'll learn um, what our next steps will be. I would I would be assured there will be next steps. Um, you know, he pointed those out in the in the closing. Um, I felt it went very, very well for us. I've been at institutions where there was, um, you know, chaos after uh, um, the team came, but um, I think we fared very well, and, and I think the things that we'll do will be um, even uh, focused on making the institution better. Um, a couple things on visual. Lisa, are you speaking on visual arts tonight or not? I, I just wanted to commend the, the office of. Um, um, institutional advancement and um, the um, the era dean Catherine for putting together this and I think you have this on your on your um, yes tables. I this is spectacular right. I uh, yeah I 
It, it is. You. It's phenomenal, right? Very professional. And uh, and I have a challenge for the board. Um, I think it's important for the board to attend. Um, and so I think you need to choose two of these, choose two neighbors that you want to bring, and bring them. And um, you, you know, and that and that will really help it expand it. And I'll uh, make the same commitment. And I think um, if we can extend that across the campus, we can get more people here. It's a beautiful thing to do. It's one of the um, the most exciting uh, things that you can do as a as a president is just to sit there and enjoy and watch students perform. Um, it, 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 at least for me, it's a really dynamic piece. Um, faculty highlight. I did the same thing. Um, you know, I try to highlight one faculty member each time, and so I clipped that little piece out for um, uh, for Maria down there, and she was so excited about it. I, what I think that. Uh, uh, she shared was that, which I didn't know, is Marina, Rita Marino maybe lives in the valley a little bit, and that was piece of the connection. So we, maybe we have a connection here, and we can see whether we can get um, some extension there. If you can scroll up a bit here, the other, the other direction. Um, I wanted to say that we're having an administrative retreat tomorrow, and we're, gonna, we're focused all day on a couple things. Um, help us focus on developing a stronger team, um, collaborative leadership, time commitments, effective communication skills. And, and the goal here is really for the institution to move forward, but also to make sure that we as a leadership team increase transparency. This is important. I talked to uh, both Amanda and Diana today about broadening the depth and exchange with our colleagues across, across the campus, um, identify critical competencies for leadership, and um, work together to make this just a more spectacular place. So with that... I am done with my report, and I think I could call on. I don't believe that we have anybody from the um, Napa Valley College Foundation tonight. They're both out and on vacation. Unless you heard something, Carolee? No? No? Okay. Um, so that's my report at this point. And then we move on to vice presidents. Yeah. Who wants to go first, Janine or Terry or Oscar? I'll go first because mine's the shortest. Okay, so um, so actually, I, I just want um, I, I'm I just wanted to comment a little bit on the uh, the accreditation site visit. Um, I, I I want to stress to all, uh, it's not over. We are always under accreditation, and so we will just start working on what we already knew really were issues. Um, that the site visit team helped point out, and and um, and and so too, just so the board knows that that's two of the uh, recommendations that were listed in the exit report. One uh, was directed at distance ed, and the other one, well, a couple were actually directed at assessment. Um, and and we have already started working on that. Um, I've gone to a couple of LOAC meetings. I've met with Amanda and also Diana um, to start talking about some of the things that we need to be doing. Um, to start working on those areas, and um, the distance ed committee will be helping with the distance ed um, portion. Um, I'll work closely with academic senate um, and also the association because some of the things that we'll be dealing with will probably affect the contract and things of that area. Um, but but you know, and you know, to emphasize, this was a huge team effort. Um, last week was amazing uh, how people came together to get through that visit. Um, 
it was a very stressful week for many of us, but uh, I think as a team we did a great job and we'll continue working as a team as we start addressing the things that we were already aware were areas that we needed to improve. Okay, just to follow up on the accreditation piece, it was noted by the accreditation team uh, in their exit interview, uh, um, a note of commendation for our grounds and facilities folks, and so I just wanted everyone to, to note that um, because they do do a great job. Um, very few people with a lot of square footage and uh, acreage, so thank you to our, our staff there. Um, I just wanted to spend a minute talking about facilities rentals and fees. I know that many of our faculty, staff, and board are members of community organizations, and oftentimes we receive phone calls from organizations wanting to use our facilities, and Oftentimes, um, they have little or no resources at their disposal, and they feel like as a public entity, we can provide them facilities at little or no cost. There is education code that dictates um, what we can do in, char in, in terms of um, charging. We are required by education code to, um, at minimum, uh, recoup our direct costs of providing the facility. That means a per square footage charge for utilities, for staffing support, Etc. And so oftentimes people are disappointed that we can't provide a room or a facility for free, but um, not everyone understands that that's not necessarily by our choice. That is a, a requirement. Um, if an if a, um, organization or a company is a for-profit organization, then we're required to charge market rates. Um, and so every year or, or two years, um, Matt and his team go out and survey the community to determine what similar facilities may, may be renting for. And so that's how we would determine our for-profit rates uh, for facility rentals. So I just wanted to take a minute to share that information with folks um, in the interest. Um, if you are talking or participating with organizations that may have an interest, um, let them know that there, there may be a, a small charge, um, but that's something that we're required to do by law. So that's all I have. Do we have a, uh, a schedule of costs? We, we have a schedule of costs. We also have a schedule of fees that the board has approved. We're actually in the process of reviewing that now, and we may be bringing revisions to that. Um, so we have both. Okay, so you could provide us with a current one in terms of dealing with what's now in place. Yes, I'm happy to send that to the board. Great. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. I'll step up here to, to the podium here briefly. I just wanted to... I want to share a couple of slides from an event that uh, that took place last night. Uh, for the last two or three years or so, the Napa Valley Unified School District uh, has held their college night at one location. Prior to that, the, each each of the five schools, uh, for the most part, held their own their, their own career fair, and so we were present uh, at the one last night. It was it was held at Napa High School. Uh, first first and foremost, I want to thank Lisa Gibbs for organizing our presence there as well as for the materials that, that we had available to us. Uh, so this is, we had five tables there, so our presence was very obvious. Um, and so that's a setup we had. Uh, so which arrow do I, do I press? Down arrow, or this one. Uh, these, are, these are some of the folks that were there to, to man the tables. We had students from FMPTK, we had student ambassadors, we had classified staff, we had faculty. Uh, and, and a lot of other folks who all chipped in and um, uh, used the uh, co-hours of the evening to be there for Napa Valley College. 
these are other pictures of the, of the interaction that, that our staff had with, with a guest. There were several parents and, uh, and, and students who showed up of, of all ages. Uh, so it is, it is very interactive and very exciting. Our talent search program, which is a pre-college program, was also there with a the table. Uh, again, our PTK students were there uh, also sharing information, as well as student ambassadors and staff, of course. And these are many of the folks that, uh, that were there. Now, some of the folks on the picture are, are on this list here, but not on the picture because they were, uh, they were in charge of making presentations. On the green sheet that I just passed around, you'll see on the left side uh, at the bottom, there's, there's uh, four presentations. One is the uh, uh, DDGE, DDGTE program. Uh, one was on dual enrollment. One was on financial aid. One was on transfer. And then on the top uh, right-hand side, there was one that was on STEM and financial aid that was Spanish. And also you'll see where, where at Rosario Rosa Junior Colleges, uh, what happened, the things that they learned that we were, they were coming out of force, and, and so they chickened out, and they didn't show up. So Bertha Lloyd uh, from our own uh, SBC program was there to, to make that presentation for the parents and for the students. And then we also had a uh, presentation made by Talent Search as well. So again, we were, we were very, very well re re represented. And I want to thank all the staff members, all the classified staff members, the faculty, the students uh, who were there present to, to assist. Um, the other item that, that I passed around earlier this, this evening is this document here, which is the annual report that I produced for student services. This is the, uh, the student services annual uh, report. And so basically what this does is that it allows me as the vice president to learn about information that our areas gather every year. The standard questions are asked every year, and this is the, the, the sixth year or seventh year that, that I've asked them to, uh, to provide information. One question is, what are, the two or three, what, are, what are two or three of the greatest accomplishments in a unit this year? I ask them also, what one or two areas need greatest improvement, or what goals were you unable to accomplish for some reason, and state why? Question number three I ask them is, do you have any innovative uh, thoughts or ideas, something that we can try? Uh, and for, for your unit. And lastly, uh, the data. How many students did you do a serve in the 2014-15 uh, academic year? So again, this is for your for information, for your re reading pleasure. If you have any questions on the report, uh, please let me know. Okay? And uh, that's about it. Thank you. And once again, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Oscar. And strategic communications report. Speaking of Lisa. Hello. I gave you a 13-page handout that I know that you're going to read um, very closely. Um, but I, I did that in part so that you can actually enter things into your calendar, um, make it a little bit easier instead of moving back and forth from an electronic document to your calendar, because I know that that is something that many of you need to do. Um, we're busy, and we've got a lot going on on campus, and the campus is being very, very broadly and widely used. Um, the enrollment um, section of my report um, is going over some of the important things about how our messages are um, translating into enrollment. Um, who's looking at our website, uh, what kind of direct mailings we have going on, and what sort of printed collateral, which I, I um, 
plastered some of your spots with. So um, anyone want to hold up a disc? Um, it's not a Frisbee. Apparently last night at um, Napa High, there was the quest of, why isn't this a sticker? And I can just imagine what the custodians would think if that was a sticker and it was on the gym floor. So um, it is not a sticker, but it is a great um, resource for uh, sharing with students with some at-a-glance facts about our uh, campus and its programs and how to enroll and how to access financial aid. Other permitted collateral uh, that we've got going on um, this semester, we're moving towards um, promoting spring enrollment 2016. Um, the schedule is up uh, on WebAdvisor. What's that? Like, that better? Okay. Um, the, uh, it's me. I'm fading. You know, Jen. I haven't been here in a while, and I'm just feeling overwhelmed. Um, other printed collateral, we will be doing a printed schedule of classes, but we're not going to be mailing the spring schedule of classes. We're going to be mailing a series of postcards to remind people to direct them to our website and some of our new programs, which um, Terry may talk about a little bit um, at some point. Uh, we're out today um, handing out the stickers that I know um, you're going to save to wear on a very special formal occasion that says proud to be NVC, um, reminding people that we are the number one two-year college um, in California, according to bestcolleges.com. Um, and it was really nice talking to students about that, because we asked, you know, have you heard that we're the number one two-year college? And they said, yes, it's great. We, we've seen signs. We read it in the newspaper. We saw it online. So those kinds of messages are working, and I think the students are, are feeling proud of the work that they're doing um, and the work that they're doing with our faculty, because that's really a result of that relationship. So lots of printed um, ads going out. We've done a few um, actually reaching over into Sonoma County related to um, Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, also, it's in the Star State Star, which is the student-run newspaper. Um, promoting our um, fast path, the eight-week accelerated learning track, um, and then regular uh, distributions in Napa Valley Marketplace and also in Napa Valley Life magazine. Um, we've had a fair amount of traditional media coverage, as um, I think a couple of people have already alluded to, um, and we continue to have um, programs, interviews on uh, Napa Broadcasting. There's a very good one um, that was just posted this morning and actually recorded this morning with Oscar DeHaro and Mike Thompson, uh, Yolanda Woods in the math department, and Bruce Riddell, uh, who teaches anatomy, talking about um, the grant that we just received, uh, the Title uh, Five grant, uh, the HSI grant. Um, other things that I want to point out to you, uh, I'll let you read all this other stuff on your own. It is the season for doing financial aid, FAFSA um, preparation coming in January. We've got a couple of really great opportunities in January and February for um, general public to come and get help in English and in Spanish with FAFSA applications tax uh, completion as well, our Super Saturday on February 27th. Please let the general public know um, about that as much as you can, um, and also Dream Act application. Um, we are very proudly a site of the Napa Valley Film Festival, uh, which is another thing that I left in your spots. If you look in the back, there are calendars for um, each day, and there is starting on November 12th. 
Napa Valley College is where we begin our programs. Um, and those are going to be, we negotiated a ticket price for them with your badges, your name badges, and for students with ID of $10 tickets day of rush at the door. Advanced tickets are still $15, but because they're in the larger theater, I don't think we're in a really big sellout um, situation. And so we've got access um, for our students that way. We probably also will have some free tickets to distribute to, to students that are specific to programs. So um, please, um, if you want more of these, let us know. Student um, clubs and organizations are doing um, quite a bit of fundraising, and I've been working a lot with them to facilitate that and also with their um, club advisor. Please make sure to mark um, the Run for Renfro date, which is also a collaboration with the Napa Valley College Foundation, and that it is a fundraiser for an endowed scholarship in memory of um, a longtime staff member who had since retired and passed away very suddenly this last year, Patty Renfro. Jen, um, that will be on November 21st. I think that's great. Yeah, Girls on the Run is the 14th, and then our fun run walk, uh, Run for Renfro, which is also the same day as the Turkey Trot, and we're partnering with them within the community as well on the 21st. Um, it's 20 bucks. It's free for the kids 13 and under. But please come out and show your support um, for that organization, for that scholarship, and also for um, Penny Renfro, who's a fantastic person. Um, Fries.com, the golf tournament, is renting um, parking from us again. Um, our hospitality students are working in the hospitality tent there, so we are moving off campus there. That's not in the report because it doesn't really fit in any kind of category. But there are a lot of collaborations um, working across the campus and working um, off campus as well. Um, The annual holiday reception um, in appreciation to the donors to both District Auxiliary Services and to the Napa Valley College Foundation is December 8th at Churchill Manor again, so please mark that on your calendars. And that's by invitation only because it's a small room. And then there's the art sale. Um, Amanda mentioned that FAN um, is organizing that, but it is also um, a collaboration for scholarships for art students. Um, and um, I was working with the Napa Valley College Foundation. So December 3rd, that's coming up as well. And who's been out to a volleyball game? Women's volleyball. The volleyball. Yeah, hey, we are undefeated in the week. Right? We are 5-0 and in the league, and it's been a while since that's been the case. So men's uh, volleyball and men's soccer are doing quite well. So is men's soccer and men's basketball for both men and women is starting up in November. Um, it's a great way to show your storm spirit. Um, I think that's about it. Are there any questions? Okay, I won't be seeing you next month, so your next chance to ask me questions is December, but you're always welcome to ask questions through my supervisor, Dr. Kraft. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, at this point, I'm going to take a privilege of the chair and go back to public comment because I see a gentleman that walked in a few minutes ago. He's actually a friend of mine and former colleague. He's the coordinator of the, at the Carpenter's Apprenticeship over in Fairfield, and I know what he wants to speak about. So if you keep it to three minutes, Hector, go ahead. Hector Lopez. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us here, or 
letting me speak tonight. Um, with all the activities, boy, it seems like you guys got a lot going on in the Napa Valley College. Um, and I'm very happy that, that it's so active. Um, I come on behalf of the North Bay Coordinators Association. We're part of the apprenticeship program, or what we like to call the other four-year degree for the skilled crafts, um, uh, whether it's electricians, uh, carpenters, uh, operating engineers. We like uh, to pick a spot where we hold our annual event to show our, our building trades. And we're, we're wanting to work with uh, the Napa Valley Junior College as our 2016 spot where we can open up and show our apprenticeship program, our hands-on uh, events. And um, we usually just pick one a year, and we've always been mostly in Solano, uh, but our crafts uh, and trades cover all of the areas of Napa, Sonoma, and uh, as far as Marin, and all the way to the coast, actually. But um, we're working hard to meet and, and discuss uh, possible areas. We usually uh, pick a month of, like, May. And what we do is uh, the operating engineers bring equipment and, and all kinds of... Um, we do a lot of hands-on projects. I'm dressed this way because we're building 200 wooden toolboxes and people get to build stuff, but we like to show our curriculum where we don't only use um, math and blueprint reading skills, but the hands-on that we do is, is post mostly 80% of, uh, of what uh, all our apprenticeship programs do. And it leads to great positive career moves that are real in demand to build the high-speed rails and all the structures that we need for tomorrow, including uh, um, a lot of our um, uh, a lot of the chemistry rooms and everything. I, I see one gentleman here that I came in summer program to peek to this uh, STEM uh, uh, Hispanic students and I like to talk to all types and we're trying to work along with uh, the high schools and any programs that will come to your campus not only to see our programs but also to see the opportunities that the junior colleges have to offer. So anyways, uh, hopefully we have more to present but I know the board, uh, as far as my organization, wanted me to get here, and I was trying hard to get here a little earlier, but no, I'm glad you were able to bring it back. Is there any questions? Is this the, um, the same thing that's been at Solano Junior College last two years? Yes, and um, yeah, so it's the same type, but um, I think that with, uh, now that we've we had some short meetings, I think this will be even a better, more central spot more open up. We, 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 yeah, the last two years we brought students over there, so I'd appreciate it having been right here. Exactly. Nice. It'd be great. Great for everybody. And, and like I think we'd pull people from as far as Santa Rosa, possibly, and, and, and areas of Calistoga, whereas that other area is limited. Is there any other questions? And full disclosure, Hector's another San Lena kid. Yes, uh, born and raised, and I'm on my way back to San Lena. Um, and you know, I, I love the valley, but sometimes we got to promote studies and crafts and stuff that are outside the valley. Um, although a lot of union work is being done in the valley, right? Contracting is everywhere, digging up and building our schools and different wineries and everything. But most of our crafts, we travel everywhere. You only build the project once, and you build it solid, and you build it right the first time. So um, all our union crafts are really committed and we're real prideful of our work and like to show it off. I'm sure you'll, you'll like the event. As you've traveled already over there, 
you know, with a good setup here, it'll, it'll be, I think, a, a great educational um, advantage for this area and the community. Okay. Thank you for letting me speak. Thanks, Hector. Thank you. 8.0, approval of minutes. 8.1, August 13th, 2015, regular meeting. Do we have a motion? Motion. All in favor of... I can't there, there was a motion and a move second to... to what? I moved. He's second. On the question, all in favor say aye. Oh, oh, sorry, Carolee. Sorry, there is a correction or an addition, rather, to the item on the budget report, 12.1.1. Um, at uh, Trustee Martinson's request, we're adding a clarification that she was in favor of the 12% reserve level. Okay. Did. Please. Where? Where? Wait a minute. Is that for August or September? Okay. Well, what the? Hold on. Hold on a second. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh. So can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Joanne? Yeah. Is your ears is on? The mic, yeah. My mic is on. Oh, no, this one. It's broken. You got your head in a bucket. I might have my head in a bucket, but be that as it may. I didn't know where you were going there. We can discuss that later, but <laughs> is it worked? So it's a, it's, it's working. Okay. okay. So the motion on the floor was to accept the minutes of August thirteenth with that one correction. All in favor, say aye. 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 Hearing no opposition, uh, that would be eight point two. Now the September tenth regular meeting. Is there a motion for that? I motion to approve. Is there a second? On the question, all in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Can we have discussions? Discussion. You're missing the We have some corrections for that one, too. Oh. Sorry. Let's rescind that uh, vote until we get some clarification here. Um, there's a typographical error. Um, the district will now, instead of not, move ahead with accepting bids. That's <laughs> item 4.1. And then um, there's an addition of concern by Trustee Martinson um, that the resolution regarding SIRE was not put on the action agenda. Okay. Was that actually in the minutes? No, that's what is going to be added. That I expressed a concern that the resolution wasn't put on the agenda as an action item. But was that... On the on the um, broadcast, does that come through? No, no it, it was stated. I didn't include it. Okay, yeah. okay. And then the last change I had was to... Oh, that's right. Oh, is that you? Yeah. 
Yes. Um, instead of many students were interested in the campus tour. Um, no, yeah, many students were interested in the uh, tour of the campus, not not specifically the police academy, but the campus in general. And that was um, Amy's report. Okay. So with those clarifications, now um, all in favor of accepting the September minutes, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Okay. 9.0 information discussion items. Budget update, Janine Hawk. Thank you. So for once I bring a little bit of good news. <laughs> um, we did find out, I was in Sacramento Friday before last and found out that uh, an additional part of mandated cost reimbursements have been allocated based on FTS. Um, we knew it was in the governor's budget, uh, in the final budget. We just didn't know how it was going to be allocated. The first part was had already been determined to be allocated based on FTS and was included in the adoption budget. The second part, um, has now um, been allocated also based on FTS, and the total for NVC is $3,127,824. Um, these are one-time resources, so I want to emphasize that fact. And um, the recommendation that I have made to the Budget Committee for their consideration is that we take these one-time resources and fully fund the purse reserved for the next three years. Um, that would be about $1.5 million of that $3.1 million. That we set aside 500000 for strategic technology projects that will support a more effective college. Um, and that the Technology Committee um, would um, consider the specific allocations and allow for constituency feedback and discussion. And the balance uh, of $1.147 million be added to our unrestricted reserves and contribute to meeting our statutory reserve in 1617. Um, so, uh, again, this is good news, but it's one-time money. It doesn't really influence our structural imbalance that we've been talking about for some time. And when you look at what our bottom, uh, you know, our potential bottom line is for next year, it was about 3.1 million. This helps, doesn't solve. Um, and again, one-time resources don't really solve this problem. Um, but I did want to provide this information to the board and see if there were any. Um, any feedback you wanted to provide on those recommendations or any other ideas that you would want us to consider? Judy. So I was, uh, uh, I've just been thinking about our little tour that we did today. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. We went to the science labs and looked at the science labs and, um, you know, learned of, first of all, the demand that we have, and, um, and it's an area where we could increase our FTS, and, but we don't have the space. And I know, of course, there's a whole lot of things that come into play there, but um, does, would any of this satisfy some of that as far as expansion there? It's not enough money for that. So, I mean, th those are things that, you know, obviously we could think of, but... Yeah, I think that's probably, um, we do need more labs, um, and I think that's something that um, will fall out of the Ed Master Plan and Facilities Master Plan updates. I, I think that's probably um, something that we would want to talk about as part of a potential 
bond measure um, if the board uh, elects to go that direction. Um, but I don't think the resources are enough um, to support any kind of major renovation to support additional labs. Um, those or, are pretty expensive the, uh, projects. Or even the the one room that they were talking about. Uh, no. The, the I mean the type of money that we got. Um, we 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 actually. Um, Part of what's going to go to the budget committee is to talk about setting some, using some of that for technology upgrades and the like. Um, and so, the, you know, the sort of thing that Dr. Burns showed you in the one room, the, those sorts of things we might be able to do with this money, but not not the sort of renovation that we were talking about to actually convert that one lecture room to an organic chem lab. Okay. Um, that that's that's that would cost more than we would want to take out of this pot of money. Okay. Uh, Joanne, did you? Add? Uh, was this a total surprise, Jean? The three million? Um, the amount was, as I indicated, the pot was in the it was in the uh, state budget, but they were still talking about how they were going to allocate it. They had talked about providing it, maybe allocating it out to schools that. Um, had um, higher demand right now. They talked about maybe based on headcount. Um, so they talked about different ways in the end. I think they just kind of gave up because they couldn't figure out a better way and just decided to go with FTS like they did the first pot. And the reason I'm asking that is, is uh, you know, the one-time money, mm -hmm. and it's a crapshoot year to year as to whether the governor is going to, you know, next year is an election year. Uh, and... Uh, so I guess that for me to be able to um, uh, have a couple of scenarios, one as you suggested, which you know, conservative, and uh, you know, I appreciate that from from where we were, but uh, a a wish list, so to speak, or a what if list uh, that um, you know just in case list, whatever you call it. Because my guess is based on the number of years that not only sat here, but, you know, uh, uh, worked here as well, that somehow something comes up if they're uh, to support the, the community colleges, particularly in an election year. So, yeah, that, that to me is... is uh, Part, should be part of our process. Sure, um, and we've done part of that as part of our annual budget process, so we do have the wish list, so to speak, that people have requested. Um, I also, th I mean, I, a couple comments maybe in response. Um, one is Prop 30 is going to begin to sunset in 1617, so even if there were additional one-time resources, we already know that we'd have some backfill required on that um, just to stay even where we are now. But there could be another proposition. That's but, what I'm but it's not going to backfill sales tax, and that's what begins to sunset next year. So yes, um, that would help us in 2018, but it doesn't help us in 16 and um, 16, 17, and 17, 18 when the sales tax portion sunsets. At least how they're drafted at this point doesn't mean there won't be a third one, but. Um, and the second piece goes back to the accreditation and one of the recommendations around financial planning. Um, you know, I, I I'm not sure. Um, one-time resources are, are a reasonable strategy for balancing the budget. I think using them for one-time needs, and, and I think that's what you're saying in terms of a wish list, you know, what are all those one-time requirements? But I, I think we want to um, be careful about rolling them into ongoing, um, 
you know, expenditure no, I, I, columns. I, wasn't, yeah. I didn't mean that. Right, no. I, I knew you didn't. But um, so we can go back to the wish list um, and and um, take a look at that as well. Thank you. I was going to point out, if it's all right. Go ahead. Is there a way that we could use some of it to fix up our fields? Maybe our soccer fields or track or is that something that's more costly or yeah so those are again bond, identified currently as bond projects um we we do have state money uh, for maintenance and operations this year that have already been allocated out to sewer projects and kind of i don't want to say more pressing but um you know i guess at a different level of pressing than, than the fields are even though the fields are kind of in bad shape um, I think most of those fields require a total rehaul, which means you're going to scrape them, you're going to rebuild the foundation a few levels underneath, we're going to decide if we want, you know, artificial turf for grass, and and so um, we could, you know, re-turf them. It doesn't really solve the problem, especially with the lack of water right now. Um, so I think it, those are, uh, much like the, the, the labs we're talking about, those are more major um, facilities projects that I, I probably wouldn't recommend um, the use of these funds for, and I'm not sure they would even dent, um, really dent the cost. I have a question, and I do have a comment, but um, when you talked about, I think you said 500000 for techno technology, um, what were you thinking about there? Well, I think some of that's to be determined, and some of that goes back to the wish list that, that Joanne was talking about. Um, Technology committee has got it. Yeah, there was. Right. And so, um, but an example of that would be um, a, a piece of software the college has been looking at called Resource 25. It's a scheduling software. It ensures that we're using our, all of the spaces on campus here and at Up Valley, um, getting the maximum usage out of our space. Um, and it helps with the scheduling of classes. It helps with the scheduling of events. Um, there's things like catalog and um, curriculum development um, software, a lot of things that would support enrollment management strategies, um, as well as classroom infrastructure um, and, and college infrastructure that will support both te technology in the classroom as, as well as administratively. 500000 isn't very much. We probably have needs in excess of $20 million. But 500000 um, helps for some of these particular one-time projects um, that enable us to purchase these software tools. So, would, um, so one of the things a lot of people complain about, and maybe this wouldn't be enough money to address it, is WebAdvisor and um, how difficult it is to use WebAdvisor. And also what's kind of come up um, as I've been working with the college to enroll students is how difficult it is to enroll. And they've talked about a portal. Um, that would streamline enrollment and just make it easier for students to roll, enroll. And so, so, so we have allocated grant funds currently to do an update of um, of DataTel colleague. Uh, we haven't had a full update here in over ten years, and that's limited our ability to um, update the individual modules of of colleague. We have a need to update um, financial aid, ed planning, um, and Portal is certainly another one. Portal would enable current continuing students a more um, centralized location to 
access all of their tools, including Blackboard or any learning management system we'd be using to be able to register, look at their financial aid, all, all, all sorts of things. Um, it wouldn't help necessarily with um, the ease of a new student registration, and so much of that is dictated now by SSSP guidelines uh, and other things, and Oscar can talk more about that. So those hoops are dictated um, currently, and we can't really change those. But it certainly would make it a lot easier for continuing students. So that's that's on the list. <laughs> Just a general comment, because I knew this was coming. I, I, I happened to have heard, heard of it from Dr. Kraft, and so I had some notes about this, and my thinking is, again, you know, it seems like just in the year I've been on the board, the budget's been so up and down, and um, if we have one-time monies, I personally I like to see it go into the reserve to prepare for the Prop 30 monies um, going away, to prepare for an economic downturn, um, so we don't get in that situation again where we're in a crisis situation, so that's my feeling if they're one-time money that we put it into the reserve to prepare um, you know, for the future. Thank you. Now, 9.1 seems to have kind of morphed into 9.2. I was going to speak a little bit about what uh, Marianne had spoken our, regarding our trip to the chemistry lab. And, uh, you know, they've got two outdated rooms. What they need are three modern rooms, which is going to cost a lot of money. I think there's plenty of need for the bond. There's plenty of need for it two years ago. Now it's two years later and there's more. The question is the political feasibility of doing the bond. So um, did you have any more to add to this, Janine, to 9.2? Um, just, you know, I was in, in follow-up um, on the Gladby recommendations that came to the board um, in this, over the summer. You know, one of the, you know, there were quite a few recommendations they made in terms of moving forward. One of those was, you know, um, to test voter support in light of other potential measures on the ballot. Um, and so we're, we're probably at a point where we want to be um, thinking about doing that if the board is considering moving forward um, in, in thinking about a bond seriously. Uh, we know that Unified is considering a bond election, um, the jail, and there may t potentially be others. Um, if we were going to consider the November election um, as opposed to the June election, I, I'm fairly certain we're not prepared for a June election, but uh, we would want to start doing some of this um, testing um, and polling in January. Um, that would probably be in the $35,000 range um, to reach 600 voters and do some pretty extensive surveying. Um, so that, that would probably be the next step. Um, as a second step, um, the board would probably want to direct us to um, put out an RFP for a, a bond strategist and political consultant. We'd probably want to do that in the next 30 to 60 day time frame. Um, and then that would, once that uh, firm would, was um, selected, then that would probably be followed up by one more set of, of analysis. Um, but this, this first um, test really will give you more input into your decision making on whether you want to go forward in, in particular in the November time frame. Um, so uh, if, if the board's considering moving forward, I would recommend that as, as the next step. Thank you. Uh, Jack Gray, did you want to speak on this? I think most of you uh, have heard me before. 
I'm a 50-year resident of Plusquive Nemba Valley now, and I have been an alumni in this college in years past. I'm also on the board of directors of the Napa County Taxpayers Association. And as you may realize, we were very involved in Measure E bond. And I got, maybe I've got unfounded concern because looking at the September agenda, I found a complete layout of a timetable for going for a new bond. Uh, I wanted to caution everybody here about that. Bec and you talk about canvassing to see the support. You've been turned down for a bond twice. The last two you've proposed, the voters have turned you down. That should be enough canvassing to tell you the support does not exist. And I can also tell you that if you do decide to go for one, Taxpayers will oppose you again, and it will be more opposition than you had last time. It's not in the cards. On November, there's going to be a lot of bond measures, guaranteed, and several of them are going to be from Napa, Napa Valley. They're going, to, they're going to be on the ballot. You talked a little bit about Napa Unified. I know we've been talking to Dr. Sweeney. They're working on a $341 million bond. Uh, that's going to be a tough haul in Napa Valley, too. And you can't pass these things off as being equivalent on your tax bills to a mocha coffee at Starbucks every week when people don't have money to do that every week or have a glass of wine every week. That's not going to work. That's not an adequate strategy. The other thing that's going to be a puzzle is the current budget problems you're having. You know, having a, a structural deficit in your budget says a lot about college administration and says a lot about the Board of Trustees' oversight of the college administration and the funds that they do get. Because funding has been increasing in recent years at the college. That's a fact, and we can show that fact, and we can use that argument against giving more funds to an organization that has demonstrated inability to live within their budget. That's all I have. Thank you. Is there anyone else wanting to speak on uh, 9.2? Well, then we will... Other than us, right? Did you want? Do you have something? Go ahead. Well, I mean, okay. you know, because we are getting to a point, uh, you know, time-wise, that we need to get the discussion to a to a place that's a little bit more serious, um, and so, you know, just to because it's so fresh in our minds, just to go back to the lab issue. You know, we're kind of in a—it's kind of a chicken and egg situation, right? Because we have a demand; we have students wanting uh, this great education that our science labs can give here at Napa Valley College, but we can't give it to them. 
which means we can't increase our FTS. So where does that put us? And, um, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't know of any other, um, you know, way that we can achieve this, you know, because we, we need that FTS. And, um, and I, how else are we going to get it if we can't uh, expand our facilities to be able to make that happen? Well, I, uh, uh, what Janine has described, I think she's right on in terms of uh, uh, the timing. But I think that for me, there's a piece that's left out of this that we left out before. So before before we hire, look at uh, doing survey for support within the community, it needs to be sunshined and uh, surveyed and uh, digested by all constituent groups on mm -hmm. campus mm -hmm. uh, because they're the ones that are on the, you know, in the facilities that we're talking about need mm -hmm. your work and that sort of thing. So however we do that, I... I would suggest that our next step would be for that to happen in-house. I agree. Uh, however, uh, uh, however we do it. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that was our part of our issue last time. And I, I don't want us to make that mistake again. And maybe we can take a step tonight to plan that. Yeah, perhaps a survey to each employee. Well, I think, first of all... Uh, the uh, constituent group leaders, you know, uh, need to come together with uh, administration to, uh, and I don't know how far down that goes, Ron, but uh, to say, okay, these are the issues that we see as the leadership, and then a survey be developed from that that goes out to... Uh, to all constituents. Well, Amy, go ahead. Um, yeah, well, I, I think um, we, did, we spent quite a bit of money on the after-action report and doing some things, and one of those, what just Trustee Brisbane, Brisbane just said, is that, you know, obviously there would have to be um, support from within the college community, uh, particularly faculty, but also, again, there would have to be community support, and I just think that some of the things that the community we're concerned about haven't been addressed still. We still have the same issues. Um, our district plans haven't been updated and finalized. Um, you know, the educational master plan, the facilities master plan, et cetera, which that's what would drive the need, uh, what, what we want the bond money for. And I think that's critical. Um, the community was concerned about management of funds. I, I think personally... I don't feel comfortable asking the community for money until we demonstrate over an extended period of time that we can manage our budget and, and manage what we have. Um, I think we have a lot on our plate already, but you know, not to take on a whole bond when we're still trying, you know, we need to address the issues that came out in accreditation. Um, you know, as far as evaluation of programs and courses, you know, they talked about how we don't have stability within the administration. I think that's really important that we, you know, we, we have a solid administrative team. I just, I just don't think we're ready. I think that there's too many other things that we need to focus on um, that are more pressing and more immediate. 
Gabriel, you had something? Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention, um, I guess as a student voice, um, we, I personally, and um, we've also, uh, I've also spoken to students within Associated Students and other uh, members of our um, constituent group, and we really are, we really are shocked that we have such a such a high we have such high educational quality and perhaps some of our facilities aren't at the top of their um, you know the top of their game so to say oh, oh so casually um, and um, associated students also wants to um, bring for or we, we the support from associated students is there um, we're working. Um, towards that, and we um, we also received a presentation from Dr. Kraft the other day um, regarding the reports um, related to the educational master plan and the district master plan, and um, we are trying to get people to um, place their input into that, um, and we would also um, potentially like to see, as, um, as well as with the rest of the offices in the uh, student services building, a student union that would uh, perhaps centralize all of the um, main student support services on campus um, in one solid location instead of having um, people having to walk to different parts of campus and it's um, it, it can be confusing for a first-time student um, I remember my experience uh, wasn't quite uh, wasn't quite pleasant so um, that's all I wanted to offer from the student end. Well, even if it's not confusing it's a pain in the butt to have to go to right. different places too. right but the, the 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 facilities overall is um, our biggest concern um, as it stands because um, you know some of these facilities are 50 60 years old and you know, we need to address that um, thank you I, I think I just want to say one thing I agree with Joanne and I think it I, I think that as a board maybe we can direct the president to meet with constituent groups the leadership of the constituent groups to get feeling, get feedback from them, what they can think of the feasibility of the bond and what they would want out of a bond, and get some back and forth discussion and build up. And I think they could be part of uh, the development of the survey, you know, Absolutely. including students. Absolutely. And. Uh, uh, Janine? Well, I, I just wanted to say that if we're engaging in a comprehensive planning process, that that in and of itself is the tool for receiving input. Um, and, you know, I've talked to the constituencies. They know I feel strongly about the planning component as well. I didn't mention it because we've talked about it at prior meetings. Um, so I would caution us to have too many inputs that aren't connected to one another into the, into the process because I think in some ways that may have impacted our product the last time and led to some disconnects between our ed master planning and our facilities master planning. So I think that planning process itself should provide for robust input and feedback um, relative to, to the to the program level data, et cetera. So maybe that's something that we could talk about as well in, in terms of the planning process and how um, the constituency groups interact with, in those processes. Yeah, my only comment to that is I'm just sensitive to what happened last time when some of the constituency groups felt that they hadn't been part of the planning and right. didn't get proper input. Well, are you two talking the same language planning? You're talking about the, the, dry, the plans 
Ed Plan facility, yeah. Yes. And you're talking about the planning related to what? The political part. Yeah, yeah. the political part. So that. The, but they're not unrelated. They're not unrelated, but f to get to have the feedback from the constituent groups, there needs, to, for me, there needs to be a freedom of, uh, uh, you know, Gable said students and facilities are the big issue. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's different for each of the other constituent groups. Maybe it's the same, but the freedom just to get that out there and uh, as taxpayers, uh, would they s support it? Right. And how, you know, uh, that's that's what I'm talking about. The the finishing off the plans is something that has to happen, or I'm I can't see us going forward. I don't think right. that that's. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Have any communities ever done like a joint bond measure between unified and like a college bond? They're different taxing authorities, so they wouldn't so be able to do that. Yeah. So I just have one other thing to say. So, you know, we, we talk about the failure of the last bond, um, but I, you know, it's not that doom and gloom because we really came within, you know, this of passing it. And I think just with some course correction, which is gaining, you know, the support of the constituency groups as well as the time, more time, um, I think we, you know, I think we could hit it. I think down the road, if we could lay the foundation over an extended period of time, yes, I agree. But we're talking about, you know, that, I'm talking about that compressed timeline that was presented at the last meeting. I don't think it's realistic. And, um, you know, we've already had two that haven't passed. And honestly, I think a third would be devastating for the college. So it's really important that it be rolled out right and that it actually pass because a third failure for the college would not would be devastating. Do you have, a, do you have a suggestion on how to address the crumbling facilities then? The chem lab, in, for instance? I, I think the plans need to be finalized and we need to do it right. So that how, how many years, I'm, 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 I guess, is what I'm asking? If not now, when, I guess. I'm not the college administration, so I'm not in charge of updating the plans and finalizing them. Well, but um, you have an opinion that these plans aren't adequate, so that's why I'm asking what will satisfy you. I think you're out of order you. right now. I don't think we should be debating. It's my opinion. I know it's your opinion. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? I would like to see some, some defin further definition through the process of educational master plan Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, facilities and and define what is it we need and how are we going to get there and what's the best approach uh, and to take something away from the students by not doing anything is is uh, also a concern of mine. Because the longer we postpone it, there's opportunities that are lost among the students for a career that. That uh, has meaning. Yeah, Gabriel said it. You know, yes. I mean, we have we carry this top community college, uh, you know, in the state, and yet the facilities don't match that. So it's you know. 
I'd, I'd also like to uh, bring up the fact that um, you know, uh, there's a lot of discussion on whether um, constituent groups are not getting their uh, needs met. And I'd love to extend the invitation to the rest of our um, groups um, because sometimes it feels as though our groups um, move towards or at least in our sense, we, we work almost directly with administration and not so much with uh, faculty and classified. So we'd love to see that um, extension of um, possibly working together. Um, I know that I'm attending the Academic Senate meetings as an Associated Students Rep, but I'd love to see that participation b between our groups as well. Um, and, and I'm sure you guys work together um, because we need that, um, that unity uh, in that we need to solidify those um, borders so you know we can actually get these documents done um, provide input because I know at least on our end we do we you know we do take our sweet time um, be, and that's the problem we're trying to address but um, we you know we'd love to see this get through as quickly as possible so that we can we can start to move forward with the bond and see if we're going to pursue it and if we do what our groups need from it and what's you know I, I can only offer what associated students would would love to see in that bond can we direct uh, Ron to get the ball rolling between now and our next board meeting uh, what do you mean by get the ball rolling well that's a good that's a good question well I, I was going to ask if we, if we have consensus mm -hmm. first of all that uh, we ask Ron to move forward with gathering information in-house from mm -hmm. constituent groups. Is that what you're meaning? That's kind of what yeah, I'm thinking, and I don't know if anybody wants to contribute anything. Uh, they have to bring back that to the next meeting, because we're rapidly yeah. moving to the, you know, that will be November. Faculty is going to be in the midst of... Right. Uh, I mean, that's one of the, the tactical lessons we learned last time, is before we go to the community, we've got to right. leave the college with a united mm -hmm. front. Right. So, I, I'm asking if there's consensus. To I choose. think there is. Is there any objection to Ron uh, meeting with the constituency groups on this issue for information gathering? I don't have any problem with them talking to the internal constituents about what they feel about a bond and a reasonable timeline, etc. I, I do want to say one thing. Um, there was a comment at the very beginning that the students couldn't get a good education in the facilities they're in. Maybe I'm old school, but I was an educator. I think that it's the quality of the, the teachers, to be honest. I don't think that facilities, structures, are what makes a good education. I think quality instructors make good education. So anyway, I just want to put that out there. I don't know that I heard that. I think what I heard is that we couldn't get enough, that the students couldn't even get in the door because we didn't have the facilities. I don't think anybody said they weren't getting a good education. I, I, could care, I, I couldn't care less what color the, the walls are, you know. It's just, it's, and we've heard this from, I've heard this from students, and I'm, I'm in the science classes. We know that our lab, we have 35 to 40 students crammed into a room the size of, you know, I don't have a reference. It's a small room. Um, and it, it and you know, especially with the temperature, it's 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 uncomfortable. We should we you know we, we pride ourselves on being the number one college in in the state, and yet we don't have like you know the chem labs is such an important thing here. The demand for those chemistry classes are 
extremely big. We have the viticulture program. We have people from the nursing program that need to take classes there. We have people in all the STEM and all the engineering majors, all of those people. That That is one of the most desired classes on campus and when you can only, when, when you have a limit on how much, how many faculty we have that can teach that class, we also have a limit on how many sections of that class we can offer. And that's not and that's not in the interest of the college when it comes to FTES or when it comes to these other things because it's it's not working out either for students. You know, I can't tell you how many times people have told me I couldn't make it in this section. I can't, you know, this puts me back a whole other semester. This puts me back a year. And what can we do about that? How can we change that? And the idea there is that we expand um the places where we can offer those classes because if we can only offer uh, the, the largest class we can offer is 100 students even then that, that that becomes a logistical nightmare for the teachers involved in that so that's that's more of where we at least from from a student perspective i could offer uh on regards to facilities you know we, we don't need to look modern we just need to have the spots available for students to learn and the resources the the beakers the you know the gases. They they're they're having trouble getting funding for gases, and you know it's materials, things like that. That's that's my concern as a student, and the concern of other students as well. Thanks, Gabriel. Thank you. I think I I have the sense of the board, and and um, I'm clear. I'm sorry, did, did I miss a? Diane looked like she wanted oh. to say something. Oh, please. Um, I just wanted to to just comment and caution in that, that we have to be careful to just, when we're talking about space and facilities and the quality of the accessories to do our teaching, that we, we not necessarily focus in on one particular program. We have to, that, that the college is a, is a, serves multiple needs for multiples of students. And we have to be careful not to just limit dialogue to one particular program or of study? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think what focused us on the chem labs is we did a tour, tour of it today. just before the meeting yeah. today. Yeah. Right. And I also, it, was, it was fresh in our minds. <laughs> I also don't want to seem like I'm hitting on the arches when you're focusing specifically on the science. It's just a concern that I've noticed because I, I'm, a, I'm a STEM student. Um, I, I don't take classes in the arts, and I'm sure everybody on campus has facility needs that, that need to be met. It's just that, that's what I can offer, and you know, I could bring other people to give a report on it. But, Sorry, if there was a bias there. <laughs> so unless there's objection, I think we can move on to 9.3. Report on salary advancement projects 2015-2016. Terry's. So um, I will quickly go over this. I hope the board knows. Um, basically, in the uh, faculty contract, um, there are three places where to move up 
for salary advancement, they actually have to do a salary advancement project. Um, and there are a number of ways they can do that. Um, they can take classes, um, and they can do uh, a, a special research project of some sort, um, or they can do work experience. And um, the number of hours that they have to do with each of those projects is different depending on what they are, but the idea is that the amount of hours in each of those is somewhat equivalent. Um, and the, the, um, the idea is that what they're doing it advances uh, the faculty member that's doing this um, for the benefit of the college, especially the students. Bless you. And so they, um, the idea is that whatever the classwork they might be doing or the research project they might be doing or the work experience they might be doing, it's to benefit uh, student success um, through benefiting the, the specific faculty person who um, uh, did that research project. And so what this is basically is the end of the process after they've done their work. They write up a summary or, or report that um, basically sh uh, shows what, what they did and how it benefits students and the faculty member. Um, they submit all of this goes through my office. Um, I have to approve all of this. That's one of my powers. Um, <laughs> and um, and and then basically uh, the the I then send the recommendation to the uh, superintendent president uh, to approve these, and then we bring it to the board really as an information item. Uh, the, you, you're approving the report, but the salary advancement has actually already been approved at this point in time. And so this is a list of the faculty members that have completed that work in this round, um, and. Um, I don't have it written in front of me. Can you scroll down a little bit? Because there was one before Amanda. Um, Jessica. Jessica Amada, yes. So it's uh, uh, the faculty that have completed their salary advancement at this point is Jessica Amada, um, who, who um, actually did a work experience. Um, and she is the president of the Society for Anthropology and Community Colleges. And the work that she's been doing in that is what uh, was her salary advancement project. And then Amanda Badgett, and Amanda took three courses in various areas, one in cultural anthropology, um, and the other in American uh, Introduction to American Indian, Indian Studies. Uh, you'll notice she took one of those from Fullerton College. Um, and she, um, and, and basically the idea of Amanda's project was both for the information she was learning on that, but also to learn about distance ed with the thought that she might expand her teaching into that modality. Um, Eric DeFranco uh, did a special project uh, that dealt with um, basically uh, development of materials for English, which is his expertise. But he also looked into the immersion language retreat in Spanish with the idea of increasing things that we do in ESL. Um, and then Michelle Hobbs did work experience where she basically worked with the athletic trainer um, to learn various techniques that she can use on the field um, as a coach. Tia Madison um, did a research project on um, how to better serve African-American uh, students, uh, increasing retention um, in, in that area. She actually put together a really nice document that hopefully will be passed on to the Inclusivity Committee for some ideas on ways that we can better serve our African-American population. Uh, Greg Rose also took courses um, uh, that will help him in the um, basically public health hazards planning and things a capstone research project that will help in the EMS program. Is that the end of the list? Yeah. Okay. 
And so those are the uh, faculty that completed their salary advancement project for this round. I move approval. Second. It's not an action item. It's not an action item. Thank well, you. I thought we were still on action items. No. You, you just have to approve the report. You don't have to uh, even got to accept the report. Item. Gosh. But we're glad yeah. that you approve it. Right. That's well, it. So uh, thank you for the report. And now 9.4, Napa Valley Regional Consortium for Adult Education Block Grant AB 86. Dr. Kraft. Or I see... Uh, Rebecca Scott's name on yeah. this too. So, yes, do you have something to? Yeah, I, I actually asked Rebecca Scott to come and give a quick um, uh, update for you on the uh, what used to be known as the AB 86 Adult Education Block Grant. AB 86 was the planning portion of this, and new legislation has recently been approved, which is AB 104, which is the implementation of the plan that was developed under AB 86. And so, Rebecca will give you a little bit of information on that. Okay, how are you doing? Can you hear me, everybody? Yes. Okay, yes. hey, I heard you guys can go till 11 p.m., so I got a long time. Oh, take <laughs> it away. I've got you the floor, I'm ready. Are you? <laughs> okay, so uh, Dr. Juni, when I saw him before I came in here, he said, uh, you ready to go? You got your slides ready? And I had this deer-in-the-headlights look, like, what slides? So uh, I ran back, and uh, he told me to do four slides. I did nine. So on the second time, he said, you got those four slides ready? I said, well, there might be a few more than that, but they're pictures. There's five picture slides, so those are good, right? And so he'll be evaluating me for not following directions or something like that. But um, I wanted to tell you about this exciting thing. This is the Adult Education Block Grant, and this is where we're looking at building the bridge between Napa Valley Education, the adult school, we have one, and Napa Valley College. And let's see if I hit this right. Did he? So there you go. So that's not too tough, right? Uh, see? And you like this, don't you, Amanda? You like that? Too? It's a swing bridge. So this is the bridge out by Caneros. Uh, what's it called? The Brockus? Brockus Bridge? Does anybody know? Yes, I think that's what it is. You can see there there actually is a, you know, a train that goes over this, and I understand at one point it actually fell off at some... Do you know, Joanne? You've been here a long time. Which has been replaced. That's not, that's not it. Not there? He's no. the train guy. Train? Yeah, you yeah. have a left span now, and, and yes, you're correct. Uh, two units didn't run over the end of it. That's not what we want to have happen in our project. That's, that's, I mean, just, that's not the bridge. No, I need to be a train wreck. But this, the idea was the bridge. You kind of get it, right? Okay. All right. So here's some blah, blah words. But let me just uh, kind of tell you what this is. So this started out as an AB86 bill. Um, they ask us, as we're planning dollars, and they ask us to take a look at what we were doing in terms of adult education. Where was our duplication of services? Where were our gaps? Who were our, our populations of people that were, we were completely missing? And how are we working together? Well, one thing we found out that our adult ed folks uh, hardly knew our folks at the college. So we spent that year, we sat down, and we really focused on our elementary and basic skill areas, which included the adult secondary education, um, GED uh, and GED prep, our classes for immigrants, our English as a second language programs, our citizenship, our workforce pre preparation, 
programs for adults with disabilities um, and our short-term career technical ed, our CT programs with high employment potential, and also programs for apprentices. So what we did was we got together, we looked at where our gaps were, we actually got out course outlines um, of classes and identified where students wouldn't actually make it into college if they came from adult ed because we don't have the proper uh, alignment of courses. And we serve food to get people at those meetings, I just want to say. And that works, right? I know no food here, but, you know. Okay. So, um, so then what we did was um, what, we were, what we had to include in that plan is an evaluation of the level and types and needs of adult education programs within the region and to address the gaps. And we also had to integrate our programs to create a seamless transition for students uh, into the post-secondary um, education here or into the workforce. And we also had to look at approaches where we accelerated people getting through. If you're an ESL program, uh, English as a second language learner, you don't have 10 years to spend before you can get into the workforce. So look at accelerated uh, learning processes. And also plans to collaborate in our professional development to get better as teachers and how we can do that. And then take a look at what kind of support systems do we have right here in Napa that are here to support us and to work with our local workforce investment areas. Um, so we got together, we had little busy bees, and we created a 186-page plan. Here it is. So it's, you know, if we weigh it, you know, if you get paid per pound, Janine, solve some of those budget problems. I mean, no, no, this is not. <laughs> Be careful. No, I would never do that. Um, so the idea of this was the plan was, was all about collaboration, coordination, um, working together. We submitted the plan in March of 15. We sent it off, and guess what? It was approved. And um, it was approved for $2.6 million. And that sounds like a lot of money. Um, 1.9 million of this amount is for maintenance of effort for the current adult education program that they have uh, in Napa Valley Unified School District. But 750,000 goes towards implementation just for this year. So, and we're guaranteed 750,000 for the following three years. Um, so there you go, race that go. Yeah, I did go to Churchill Downs. Yes, if you haven't been to the Kentucky Derby, um, call in sick on that first uh, Saturday in May and go. All right, so, so it's fun. It's the seven million. It did. The consortium did. The consortium no, was the no, 750,000. 750,000. The consortium in Napa would be a part of that. I understand that, but it's, how much is not the college's share? Uh, well, okay, so that's a good question. Yes, that's a good question. That's, I like that. So I, what happens now is we have our first year of the plan. So let me tell you what's going on. Um, before I answer that, I want to I tell you that what the state did when they gave us the money, they said we're going to all, that, all those original populations of people that we said we had to address, they said we're going to add two more. And we were like, oh, okay. And one was, um, one was let's see, where is this? Uh, oh, oh, here it is. Uh, older adults entering the workforce. 
and also to train adults to support the success of children attending school in the K-12 system. So we have to add those to our plan. So the next step is we have to revise and resubmit the current one-year plan, and we also have to submit a new three-year plan. But to answer your question, Joanne, um, that's where we, we have to sit down in our plan and look at, like, one of the things we have in our plan is a common assessment. So, for instance, if you are an adult learner and you want to enter into school, um, we can find out your reading level, your math level, um, with one assessment here at the college uh, or at the adult school, or the college may do it all here with our assessment process. You're using the same tool? Correct. And that is one of our big goals, is to use one tool. Then the other thing is, the next thing we want to do for you is develop a career plan for you and an ed plan, right? Not, not an ed plan separately from a career plan, but both together. So those are all, that's an example of something out of our first year we're supposed to be doing this year. So we are to send into the state how much money the college needs to do that and how much money adult ed needs to do that. But the idea is, is, to, um, is to transition our systems. Rather than have two standalone silos, we need to be working together to be one coercive place. So uh, adult ed for the unified is limited to Down Valley. For adult ed for us, it's throughout the district. Correct, and we have a lot of programs up Valley, right? right. And there's a lot of populations when we brought our, our community partners in, there's a lot of populations we're missing. And they're saying, you know, there's a lot of people that start school, um, they don't make it, and then they leave. And, and they're also asking us to address that. And if they can't go to, to, to school, they also need to get enough education to be able to get uh, employment that supports them. So that is the mandate of this. It's kind of a cool project, and we're looking for a man project manager and jump on board. No, I just, <laughs> but it, it's a cool project. So, uh, Rebecca, so a little while back there was uh, a lot of opposition to the legislation that they were uh, talking about passing that would merge adult school from K from K twelve into our system. Yes, remember that. Oh yeah, we had a freak out over here. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so this seems almost like a backdoor way into that. I mean, I think it's, you know, I th I think it makes sense, but also, um, you know, one of the problems was the accessibility and um, how much more accessible it is at the adult level, at the adult education, at the adult school. To um, to for people's comfort level, correct. Uh, and so. that is that the one thing that was really fascinating is we brought faculty together to work on this, and that that's that would be great to share some of that with you because that came out. Like one thing I shared with uh, I think it was Janine today maybe I said, well, with our ESL programs, we like to bring the students here and immediately give them a parking ticket. Because they can't read the signs and they don't, you know, and you know, and we get, but but what they do at adult, sorry, that's right. So at adult ed, oh god, I go and get Ken mad at me. There it goes. So uh, <laughs> I, I I think I need that. What was that? The dog that makes me feel better. And Aaron, bring so so. Um, but you're right. Like 
so adult ed, they have their their classes on their kids' campuses, on their schools, and the, and the classes take place during the times their kids are in school, and uh, they don't give them a parking ticket, they, and they have somewhere to park. So now I'm, I, I, we, we don't do that. We're very kind. But I'm just using it as an example that we may yeah. be intimidating to that population, and there's ways for us to improve. So that's what, this, that's what our faculty have done and that's being at. looked at. That's Correct. being really because there there was loads of opposition to that. Correct. At the time, and when it first came out, the governor just kind of said, "Oh, here you go, college. You, know, you can take adult ed, and you can't do it that way." And that's why this came about, and it's a good way to transition and mm-hmm. and get everyone's expertise and buy-in, especially from our faculty. There, there. Just for information, there are actually many districts in the state that where community colleges were already doing adult ed. Napa doesn't happen to be one of them. It was being done in the K twelve district. Um, now that happened in the in the mid eighties. Until then, Napa College was the only provider of adult ed in this county. Right. So it's not unusual for community colleges to provide adult ed. So the idea that we don't know how or can't, I, I don't buy into quite as much um, because many do. And, and, and we do offer services in the community. Many of Oscar, you know, a lot of Oscar's outreach is in the community. We provide courses off-site, especially up Valley. We provide courses at high schools currently. We provide ESL. I think we did ESL in church and other locations as well in the past. So we, we do have the capacity to do many of the same things that adult um, um, ed has already been doing, so it's not quite that black and white <laughs> in terms of what they do and what we, we can do and have been doing. Oh, do I call on you? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, I'm sorry, I was wondering, when I saw this coming down the, the pike, I thought... You were excited, be a, right? Well, yeah, because I thought it would be a great opportunity to clean up. Like right. right now, there's a lot of overlap. Right. I don't mean in terms of duplication. They do different things. But, for example, I thought it could be a great opportunity to do everything at adult ed that gets students college ready, like the GED, the high school diploma, the remedial right. work, and then everything that's college and career tech he'd be here. Because they do a lot of career tech stuff. They have the pharmacy tech program. They have the electrician program. They, they're doing a lot of that career stuff. And was that, I know people get territorial, but was there an effort to kind of make that delineation, that everything that's up to college and career be there, and then once so it's I, college and career be I here? I think the idea was to try and build, like um, right now they had, um, to try and build transitions into our career program. So they don't have that many anymore. I mean, like, I think the electrician was like a like a Boston Reed program. It was fairly expensive, wasn't it? Yeah, it's still the electrician. Oh, you know what? That's the one that they do have, the electrician one. There was some other Boston Reed quite a few. They have the, the certified nursing assistant and the medical assistant. They have quite a yeah, few. Yeah, they have a medical assistant. So... Um, but to answer your question, yes, look, like looking at creating those pathways into our programs, but also there's some people who, who, who don't want to go on to these programs or, or need to go out into the workforce and so forth. So looking at people's um, levels and, and what their abilities are and skill sets are and getting them in the right placements. I guess what I'm asking is, were they willing at all to give over those crew tech stuff and get that stuff onto our I campus? I don't really? know if I would, you know, were they just no. hand them over? I would say no. <laughs> yeah, I would say no. Thank you. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. 
but that's something that that we need to discuss and we have this three years to start working on that if I could if I could comment a little um, and John's right um, there there's some territorial aspect here and so but that's part of the idea of sitting down and, and working with both Napa Valley College and Napa Valley uh, Unified Adult Ed is to figure out the best way to do this so that um, so th and and it probably won't look exactly like you suggested they they will probably continue to do some of the uh, the CTE things that they do but but we need to find a way to balance that um, the other thing I want to say in regard to uh, one of Joanne's comments earlier about um, that that were up valley and Napa valley unified isn't this actually um nap valley unified was very and nap valley college were very much involved in do, in putting this plan together the consortium though is actually supposed to also it's supposed to include every k-12 district in this valley and so oh. as we're moving forward with how to allocate this money we cannot ignore st Helena, calistoga and how mountain they they also um uh, can ask to participate in this project and and so we also have to work with them to figure out how no, to I, I know that that we do, but is the unified included in that as well? Well, they, they, we all have to work together to make that happen, and uh, Napa County Office of Education has been involved in this process as well. And so, in some ways, they, you know, if if Napa Valley Unified is resistant to that, um, theoretically, the Office of Education should help mediate that resistance to uh, any, make sure uh, that they, we're they're serving. They're the mediator function. Well, they're not the mediator, but yeah. they've been part of this. They've been part of this process, and and they understand very much that it's not just Napa Valley Unified and Napa Valley College that need to be involved in it that the other um, K through 12 districts in our area are also part of this and so um, they, they do understand that and uh, just to say just asking to be in they're in and so just to update uh, we uh, Calistoga has um, asked to be in and they're in so um, what you, you mentioned uh, early in your presentation the uh, the community partners or the other Correct. what who, who is so that? that's like the li the library uh, all the you know um, CalWORKs uh, different social services um, it's also we work with our workforce investment uh, yeah the web the web is also part of it is involved in this um, it, it's an amazing list of uh, community support which I'm what about the state hospital. The state hospital is an exciting thing because they came in and started talking to us, and for the and that was one. Of, should I? <laughs> now you're going to get her to go off task. Well, well, they. I, I mean, they are. Uh, they've been part of the conversation, and and but but we're actually talking to them outside of what's Good. happening yeah, with this um, in, in regard to right. offering so, programs but, over there. But in terms of uh, serving people with disabilities, um, you know, the other thing is that's very interesting is getting back to what you were talking about, Amy was. Um, uh, the adult school really doesn't serve students with uh, disabilities as like we do through our DSPNS program. And so um, starting these collaborations, both training their teachers and, and um, also providing services that we have for students um, is, is very helpful. So it's been, it's, it's an exciting project. And uh, so we're getting ready to keep working on it. 
Is that you, Lord? I say one thing? I, I kind of want to do a shout out for, for Rebecca Scott. I think um, whoever decided to give this project to her was brilliant and is brilliant because she is a learning specialist. She um, has a great relationship and a great reputation with Unified as well as with the faculty here. And so if anybody could bring the groups together, I think it was Rebecca. And we thank you for all your work, no, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. It was the food, I think, really. I didn't it. But... Uh, so this is where we need you guys to, do I need to do this, the voting thing, or is that? That's that, date later. That's later? Okay. So there's a picture. Okay. So the idea is <laughs> time to rethink, redesign, and establish linkages across the systems, and that's what this is about. So thank you. So now we know where the $750,000 is going because you have to redo the plan and then do the three-year, and so... Well, you know, we'll, well, one thing I can tell you right now is, you know, we have, uh, you know, we, we need a counselor. So we have a, you know, a salary for a counselor. So we'll be able to do some some things. Good. Definitely. You Great. need to run those handrails all the way across, too. Hector <laughs> <laughs> will help you out on that one. <laughs> so, okay. so there's still, is there still room to negotiate? Or is it pretty much done? Because you said the, the plan was approved, but it sounds like, what, they did, what the state did is they approved the plan, and so they gave us money, and they said, okay, move forward, we like this, but we realized that they're, and they added those two different populations, which are not in the plan now, so we need to go back and, and do that. And then also we need to get very real about the money, because when we put the plan in, we were doing a best guess, because we didn't know how much money we'd get. Now that we know, it becomes real. So that starts, uh, I'm told, tomorrow. <laughs> All right, but feel free to contact me if you have other questions or anything. I'm, I work here, so far, <laughs> so far. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> uh, now we move on to nine point five: the students' right to know report, Napa Valley Police Department annual report. And Arnold, the chief. I don't have any nice slides or neat pictures, but I am going to get your car ticketed. I'm going to, I'm going to get Hoyt out there to take care of that for me. So you can yeah. just go All right. So once again, I'm back. It's the annual student right to know report required by federal law that uh, I go over this with you real quick. So the, this report is pretty straightforward. The report is required to be, um, Done on October 1st. I sent it to Department of Ed on September 28th. We are in compliance. Uh, the report meets all of the current uh, requirements for the year. And it is just a lot of statements about policies and various things that we uh, are required to publish. They've been, they haven't, most of it has not changed year to year except for what are referred to as the SAVES Act, and it's large S, small a, B, E. So if you ever see that, that's a specific way that the feds are writing, uh, and it's called, it's the Sexual Violence Elimination Act. And that is driving a lot of things uh, in and of itself that became part of this report. Uh, that is the education on dating violence, it is the education on stalking domestic violence, it is the definition of consent for sexual activity is, uh, on campus, it's the requirement for doing trainings, 
And so that, that has driven a lot of activity that we do um, that was not originally part of, of the Cleary program, but is now. There are also two new laws working them, that I'm monitoring, I'm watching, that are working their way through in, in Congress that's going to add some, some more requirements onto the college. So we're looking at that. We'll, we'll try to address that when it comes up. Uh, the table that makes the most sense to everybody, and Carolee says it's at the back, if you've seen it, is what were the crimes for this year that are reportable crimes? And so to understand reportable crimes is reportable crimes are clearly only looks at specific crimes. Uh, and those top section, what we refer to in law enforcement, those are called part one crimes. Those are uh, usually, I mean, clearly murder, manslaughter, robberies, aggravated assaults. The, what is different, which was added, was non-forcible sexual offenses. Those weren't historically reported until two years ago. Those are what a lot of, in, in layman's terms, would be called over-the-close gropings, um, are, are generally what those are. Those are uh, sexual batteries and simple assaults. The other crimes that were added we're down here, which is the second one. Oops, wrong thing. Is the offense not reported by uh, in in a hierarchical matter? So that means that they get reported regardless. Those are new. Well, arson is, and arson got moved down there. Domestic violence, dating violence, and stalking were new crimes that are are reported. So if you're um, that we have not had any of uh, domestic violence, stalking, or dating violence that met a reportable standard. Arson, we had three this year, so that was new. Those were people who attempted to set various bathrooms on fire. So uh, that continues to be an issue that we have, and I'm not sure why we do, but we continue to have it. Uh, what is also on our reports this year, so the non-campus center where it says arrests for liquor and drug violations, that is American Canyon High School. So because we have the two rooms at American Han Canyon High School, we have to report anything that occurs at the high school relative to that as well. So if any of these crimes, that's so that's when you see the non-campus centers, that's American Canyon High. So that's just by way of what that is for us. So that's activity that occurs there. And then if you continue through to the next table, disciplinary referrals, which is how we tend to deal with the majority of, of our alcohol and drug offenses on campus. Those, we had a total of eight of those, which means those go up to Oscar's office. Those get handled as student discipline matters. So that is our um, marijuana violations and our drinking on campus. And then we didn't have any uh, hate crimes that actually will drop off next year um, unless we have something new. Upper Valley Campus is the entire table is zeros. So um, every we didn't have any, didn't mean they didn't have any activity, it just means they didn't have any really bad activity. It's uh, just uh, most of it all occurs here on the main campus. So that is the clear report. 
which is the federally mandated one. It's not the cool looking one. The one with all the pictures in a minute is our annual report for the College Police Department. All right. Go ahead. I was wondering how you make this information available to so the college community yeah. and the public. And uh, so I'm not required to make it available to the public. So, I mean, it's on our Internet site. But beyond that, what we're required by law to do is send it out to every staff member and every enrolled student. And what we do is we use uh, MVC Communicate. So you probably got that at some point in your email system. You would have got it on September 28th, maybe in the evening. But you'll get an email on there. It says student right to know report. There's your annual notification. It came from NVC Communicate. And it gives you a link specifically to this report, which is on the internet. So that's how we meet the requirement. When I did that, that sent out 18,000 messages. So, so, so I can do, with NVC Communicate, whenever we do, just like the earthquake, it's about 18,000 messages every time I do that. That's how we meet our requirement. So we're required just to make it available to students, staff, in, uh, and that's it. And so we did that. So, I've and got it's electronics is the biggest way to do it. I've got a question. Mm -hmm. um, how is domestic violence a campus crime? Well, uh, actually, what we get, our domestic violence here is usually, so what I refer to is domestic violence part two. So what we get is divorces going badly, and, and so they, the abuser finds their spouse here, and so we've had that. The other one that we have is there, uh, there's a very fine line. If you have a child in common, and then somebody beats up the, the or attacks or, or assaults the woman, that's domestic violence. It's not dating violence, so it has to do. So that's where we get the domestic violence from. Is that in here, Carolee? The other report. So I also gave you a bound copy of the annual report as well. That's the. That is huge. All right, let me shrink this down a little bit. Okay. So the annual report really reflects sort of the not the everything else kind of activities that the college police do. If you were to look at the the clear report, people would scratch their head and wonder what is it that we're doing because we don't appear to really do anything. If you if you look at those tables. And so the annual report really is a reflection of some of the highlights, some of the things that we do. Uh, we started out last year, our biggest highlight was the earthquake. Uh, 3.20 in the morning, campus did pretty good and made for a very long day for, for a lot of folks. But uh, the big thing there is we did an after action report. We identified some areas and we've been working through those. The uh, SAVES activities, which is, I pointed out, uh, through there, we've done a number of different things that are trying to meet the mandates for the Sexual uh, Violence Elimination Act. A couple of those are we actually uh, did an online orientation, which is a, uh, a it's a small film that can be played um, during orientation. We also worked with news, and during the month of April, we did a poster campaign and a table tent campaign. 
We are also, uh, we did, uh, designed both a women's self-defense class and a pepper spray class. Actually, Jan took the class today, got to spray me with pepper spray earlier today. Um, it's been a very well-received class. Actually, every time we give it, it's, it's completely packed. So those are an examples of some of the classes. We uh, just in November 5th, we're going to have, we're going to bring a program onto campus or start training facilitators called Escalation. It is a program talking about dating violence and how young people can recognize the, the hallmarks of dating violence. Uh, Jot, who was here earlier today, has been very instrumental in getting students it's a 40-minute uh, video. It's facilitated, then it's a facilitated discussion about uh, date, uh, really sort of dating violence, relationship violence. It's going to, we've talked to Howard, uh, it's going to be included in some of the uh, counseling curriculums. The students are excited. The students are going to lead it. It'll be a mandatory athletic program. That will go a long ways towards also reaching our federally required mandates under the SAVES Act. Uh, St. Louis Unified School District, who is now looking for stuff, has just reached out to us and is looking for help in, in with some of these programs as well. And we may be exporting some of these programs up to them as well as the uh, women's self-defense class has actually become we're the only ones in the county offering anything and so a lot of people are turning to us as the college and asking for help in doing it our parking citation system which i'm going to go get rebecca's car right now um, we, we last year, as I talked about in the report, we had just literally began the new system. We brought it fully online. It's actually been very good. It, um, it has reduced the error rate that we were having from handwritten citations. It's increased our ability to actually write citations. Um, but more so, it also, what it does is it allowed us access to information we didn't have. So now when, for instance, when our parking folks are out there doing their job, if they run across a car that, in fact, has a parking permit registered to it but isn't on it, we know that now. And, and historically, we wouldn't have known that. That would have resulted in a citation and a lot of other issues. The other issue is all appeals are handled online. We went from uh, from a about an eight-day process of trying to get an appeal done to two. So we took six days out of the process. Um, so it's literally much faster. The... Um, the, and so, and again, most of those are still done the same way. First ticket that you get as a student, we offer you an opportunity to buy a parking permit. You place it on your car, we'll waive that first citation. If I get you to put the parking permit on the car, I don't have an issue any longer. You don't have to worry about us giving you tickets. So we still deal with almost every citation that way. Community outreach, we've uh, continued that as, uh, with, through a number of different programs, the Shop with a Cop. We've also done the Special Olympic Torch Run. The college has been uh, integral in that program every year now. We've done that for um, five years in a row. Activity is up. We were up another 2,000 calls over the year previous, so our calls are continuing to go up. And the, we are gaining some staff. We have an officer in the police academy who will be graduating in December. That's going to help us. And uh, we have uh, authorization to actually hire a CSO. So we are gaining some folks, which is good because our numbers are continuing to go up. We're, we, were, we handled 2,000 more calls 
last year than we did the previous year. More importantly, in our window, that 2,400 number, that's twice as many people were in our office last year seeking aid than the year previous. So we had, we had nearly, I mean, almost a two-fold increase in people in our office looking for help. Um, last year, the, um, we did, again, about $20,000 in direct service, which is what we save students and staff by unlocking their cars or doing battery jumps. Um, and then we also processed about 500 lost and found items. I won't go through everything on crimes and incidents. You can take a look at that. But that's a reflection <coughs> of really all of the activity that we, we actually do. So that's everywhere from the crimes on the left to a lot of incidents and activities. What most people don't really realize as far as the college goes, almost all of our activity is sort of service related. We're sort of like the Ghostbusters on campus. If you're not sure who to call, you call us, we'll figure an answer out or who the appropriate people are to call. And so you can, you'll see that, again, most of our activity is some type of service related activity. Uh, traffic on campus remains really about the same. So a uh, little information about citations. Behavioral issues. Um, so our behavioral issues, a little, little more entertaining last year. Um, not entirely sure why we had all of that. Um, what is the interesting number is the uniform safety standbys. That means that somebody called us and wanted us to actually be in their office area or their classroom because they were um, going to deal with a student and we had some cause for concern that the student could be an issue. Um, that number is about double what it was the year before. Uh, sex offenders were up this, uh, this last year. We picked up seven new sex offenders uh, that we did not have the previous year. And then that's just a restatement of our student right to know. And that what do you mean the sex offenders? You mean registered sex These are registered sex offenders who are our students that okay. we then track and, and talk to. And, and they're required to register with us within five days of attending the college. Okay. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ken. 9.6, first reading of new or revised or to be repealed board policies. This is the first reading of such policies. BP 6310 revised replaces 53, F3350, H0820. Chapter 7, Human Resources, H0820 is repealed, the travel and conference expenses. In keeping with board policy D1140, college governance, decision-making, and responsibilities, these policies were reviewed through the Council of Presidents and, as appropriate, by the Mutual Agreement Committee. It is anticipated that the board will take action on these policies at the November 2015 regular meeting. So, 10.0, consent calendar. Is there a motion? I'll move the consent. I'll move the consent calendar. Second. In favor of uh, approving the consent calendar, signify it by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. Were we, gonna, we weren't going to discuss or ask if there was discussion on the board policy. A Amy, are you supposed to pull those if you have something no, you want to I'm talking to about the board policy, not the. Did we skip the board policy? I know you just read it, but then we went to the consent calendar. 
yeah. the consent calendar and that's where you had the opportunity to ask to have anything pulled well I'm talking about the board policy 9.6 wasn't that before the consent calendar yes it yes. was an information yes. item information first right, right. you didn't ask if there was any discussion or questions you or? can just chime in <laughs> I guess I was being polite I was waiting for the question <laughs> So anyway, I was wondering for that one, could, can we get the administrative regulation on it? I was just curious about the um, expenditure limitations, what they are exactly. Could, can you send uh, that to us? On 63 For travel? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Which travel? 6310, BP 6310, oh, okay. the AR behind that. You can send that? Okay. Anything else? Okay, let's see. Action items. 11.1. I'm sorry, was the consent calendar by a unanimous vote? Yes. yes. Uh, thank you. 11.1, Board of Trustees self-evaluation and 2015-16 and 2017-2018 <laughs> board goals. This item is placed on the agenda to allow continued discussion of the board's biennial self-evaluation and consideration of proposed board goals for 2015-16 to 2017-18. This item was carried forward from the August 13, 2015 and September 10, 2015 regular meetings. Trustee Marianne Mancuso, Trustee Amy Martinson, and Trustee Kyle Iverson were appointed to an ad hoc committee at December 10, 2015 regular meeting. Actually, not the 1015 regular meeting. That would have been a really long time ago. The committee is charged with reviewing and forwarding recommendations related to the board goals. Is there a committee report for this? So there's uh, uh, all of our recommendations are there in the in the uh, board goals that are with the agenda or with the items. If everybody wants to look at that, and then there were a couple of items that uh, we could not come to consensus on that we felt we needed to bring to the full board. So if everybody can look at that, and uh, I think the, the very first one uh, under mission and values is that there was um, some concern, some back and forth about uh, if you look at the second line, ensuring that the college miss the college's mission, and the concern was that this is about the board's mission, and uh, there was debate about it being the college's Which, what, mission. Can you give the, me a letter and number where you are? Yeah. So A mission mission and values. Right. The very first one where you see in blue. Right. Uh, focus on current oh, and. Okay future needs and then uh, ensuring that the college's mission and values drive planning and budget so um, so basically what happened is uh, Amy added some language here and then we debated you know what the language should be and it it I don't believe it should say the college's mission because this is this is, these are the board's goals and the board's mission, um, and it didn't originally say the college's mission. 
So there's a question when it talks the sections about mission and values. Is it the college's mission and values or is it the board's mission and values? That was the my interpretation was this is the section on the college's mission and values and how the board fits into that. Um, so that's where the confusion was. I, I wasn't aware that the board had its own mission and values. Well, that's How what this is, is mission? the goals. Uh, These are our, goals, but this is under the section mission and values. So we, I guess that's what we need clarification. Whose who's mission and values is this related it, it's to? The, it's a board. The college has its own. So yeah. the conversation was the college has it has its mission. This this is about the board's goals and the, the board's um, mission. Okay, so, Mr. Talk. The, the format that we took this from um, had a variety of sections related to the institution. Um, the goals within those sections of institutional topics, so to speak, it are the board's goals. Mm -hmm. But this mission and value is the institution's, because I, I don't think the board has a separate mission. Okay. Uh, why, so why would it be? Why different? would it be an art? <coughs> yeah. Why would it be different than than what is the mission and values for the institution? Then is it? I don't believe it is. It's not. It's the same. That's, that was my. That was my understanding. But we just needed a clarification about that. That was where we were. In, there was confusion. Then why is it? I don't understand why it would be in the board goals and why we'd be. Yeah, I don't. Why know. we would be solely setting the mission for the whole college? The, these. This isn't the mission. This section is related to the college's mission, much like the next section is related to policy. And then there's board CEO. Those are just sort of topic headings. Yeah, it might, I, I, it might be instrumental. I see where you went with this, and that was an easy. I, I think this I really means mission of that. Uh, with the understanding of the college's mission and values, improve the board's focus on those things through some actions. I think that's, that's mm, so. No. You're, so you're on mission, on task, all you know, on the mm. college's mission. I think that was the intent. But I see where you I see where you went. Yeah, the wording doesn't uh, deliver that. To ensure that we don't divert from the college's mission. Yeah, yeah. What I was trying to I didn't care about the language, but what I was trying to get in the two things that were there I didn't see how they really related to the college's missions and values. So I just wanted something to make the point that our job is to support the college's mission and values, or is to keep the focus, you know. Um, the college's missions and values. So that's what I was trying to get at. And another way of saying that was that, you know, the, the college's mission and values are what's driving what we do. It's driving our planning. It's driving our budget and so forth. So I, I wasn't stuck on the language, just the concept. That that's our job as the board is to keep, always have the, the college's mission and values in mind when we're making decisions. So is this the suggested language? That was the suggested language. Um, I thought it was fine. It improved the board's focus on future needs in the direction of the district. This seems very appropriate for, for from my vantage point looking at it. So this is what this one is what you were recommending as a group. It, the underline is what we. I wasn't recommending that second line. I I wanted I to see. leave it as it was. Got it. Got it. And my point was the way it is doesn't really address mission and values. It, it seems. 
just says improve the future needs, improve focus on future needs and direction of the district, but doesn't say anything about, you know, keeping the college's mission and values in mind or keeping the college's mission and values as a central focus. So I was just trying to get that concept in there is that mission and values is what just driving, you know, what we're doing. It says this is placed on the agenda to allow continued discussion. Can we just send that one back to the subcommittee to uh, make no. the language a little more clear? Please, no. I think yeah. you guys can. <laughs> I had it simplified to the point of improve the board's focus on needs and the direction of the district. I thought that was short and sweet. It still fits under the heading mission and values, and it kind of simplified it, but... Would it be better if it was ensured, ensuring that the college missions and mission and values remains a central focus? I don't know. I don't, I'm not stuck on the language, just the concept. It's redundant. It's under mission and values. At this point, we've been trying to do this since August, and we need to get it done. So, Do you have a suggestion, Trustee Bosenbach, for language? Just the extra language. It's not needed. Yeah, I guess I would not include the your second sentence there ensuring the college's mission and values drive planning and budget because the mission and values it do that so the, the improve the board's focus on uh, current and future needs and direction I think is sufficient yeah I'm good with that I, I guess just because the board's focusing on future needs and direction doesn't mean that we are keeping the college mission and values well this is why we send it back to the committee because we can't Amy is not going to accept leaving that sentence off and but, so we either have four votes to leave it. But there's three people it. on the committee. They can vote on and see who, what the majority decides on that. That's why we brought it committee. back here because okay. it, it was going to... So what you're recommending, what you and... My recommendation from the ad hoc committee would be improve the board's focus on current and future needs and the direction of the district. Okay, I can accept so that. So just the black words and not the blue words. Right. Not well, that last set. Well, that current was is blue. Yeah, okay. The non-parentheses, no, wait, there's parentheses on both. Okay. So, yeah, on that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. If not an absolute um, unanimous consensus but a majority consensus yeah. there's okay there's one more area that we couldn't come to consensus on your mic on Marianne oh I'm sorry it's on it wasn't in front of me sorry Joanne I think can we one more oh, maybe because they might not agree with the other changes I thought we should, could just go through each one at a time oh, no well they need to have a chance to weigh in on all the changes we that had we made a committee and we're coming to them with these recommendations I don't think they that's the purpose of our committee so we don't have to go through each one of them one by one I think the recommendations to them, but they don't have to accept them. So I think they should briefly, maybe they've looked at them in advance. If you guys want to just accept no, them, that's fine. But No, we're, we're willing to, that's why we, the committee was formed, because we trust you oh, okay. to come up with a roadmap, <laughs> all right. a roadmap that we can all agree to. Is that the only one that you There's one to? other, there's one other, Joanne, it's H. H1, it's the Human Resources and Staff Relations. Um, it was assure that the board's human resources policies are up to date and provide for fair and equitable treatment of staff. Amy wanted to add employees. and Just change it to employees. Yeah. And I 
I, um, we can't do that. And the reason we can't do that is because we have to include people who aren't technically employees, um, and especially being somebody who is in the staffing industry, I know that we have people here through staffing companies. Um, and and when you have, when you're an employer with people from staffing companies that are uh, working with your staff, you become in a co-employment situation. And um, as of last September, there was even stricter legislation passed that uh, made employers even more responsible for what happens with that staff. So I think we can't use the word employees, that it has to be more encompassing. Okay. So the evolution of this actually was, it, I changed it from staff um, to college employees. And then Trustee Link also mentioned about these co-employees. And so then I took off college and just said employees. Because I can't, I mean, I think they're still employees, right? If they're co-employees, they're still employees. They're not employees. I don't understand. What's your problem with the word staff? Well, because usually people think of classified staff. So college employees and covered faculty, administration, etc. She mentioned that some people will come from outside to work. Mm -hmm. So I took off college and just said employees because I think that's really general. But the point is, is that this wouldn't cover students. This wouldn't cover, um, I don't know, people in the community. This, it covers employees when you're talking about human resources. So I'm not sure I what the controversy is. I cannot use the word. I, I, I feel I very strongly about that word. I employees. put it right down the middle. And I cut off both staff and employees. And I said, assure that the board's human resources policies are up to date and provide for fair and equitable treat treatment. I think it's assumed as a goal that we're going to provide fair and equitable treatment to everybody on the campus. But only employees. We're talking about human resources. This isn't related to students or the community. If one of our staff harasses an employee of Nelson Staffing, okay? Or vice versa. We're going to go down. Can, you know, can we're going to get pulled on? into that. Can we just take on a vote? It's a, it's a word. It's so we just take can't, you know, if we don't write policies that include people outside of employees, we have, we, you know. So we're going to end the sentence. People work from Alcar are still employees. Anyone, employees. anyone on campus that is here under the direction of college administrators? Staff, whatever. Laura? You have well, I was thinking of there are applicants. And there are volunteers, so it, it is broader. I mean, consultants, while we don't, I mean, independent contractors, of course, they're, they're protected as well, but we also expect consultants and, or contractors to abide by all of our uh, employment policies and all of the college policies, particularly with regard to harassment and discrimination. Can you live so, with personnel? <laughs> How about just neither? Which is an end it. I mean, I mean, I think that Kyle's point is well taken. Is just fair and equitable treatment because it's under the human yeah. resources. I I think that would be area. Fine. So, but there is no one that we will treat unfairly or inequitably. Never intentionally. <laughs> so just end it at treatment. Right. And let's period. And let's vote on it, and we're done um, with our board goals, and that we, enables. Uh, our president to get his goals done. 
There are um, several other bracketed pieces, which I, to my understanding was the questions. I, I had a question about the timeline under um, policy role. Um, what does that look like? Well, where are you? What letter? Um, that's you? letter B, um, subsection I. Second page. Uh, yeah. Is that what... Oh. Is the idea there to put in a timeline in the future on these on another reading or well there is a timeline it's a five year cycle ah. um, for each chapter of the board it's new oh. but it's in a, so, a so new regulation why is the question right there yeah that's what that's what my question essentially was oh. Yeah, we just didn't know if there was we need to put. We kind of went through this thing, you know, that we wanted the goals to be measurable and specific. But then, you know, we talked about maybe that's when the president makes his goals out of these. Maybe that's where it gets more specific. But we just didn't know if there should be a timeline in there. Well, so but there already is. So, okay. five-year timeline. Yeah. So that just you know remains up to date. What, well, I don't know. So there's like a calendar that's over five years that are constantly being reviewed, that kind of thing? <laughs> yes. It, we're, we're actually still doing a catch-up and then now starting year uh, whatever yeah. it is. I'm not that's sure. why it's important to get these done. Do we, okay. Then do we have a motion now? To I'm, I'm sorry. I Under um, F2, there's a bracketed or evaluate. I don't know which, which one. Which one, Carolee? F2. The new F2. F2. Is it safe to say that the uh, bracketed are just eliminated? They, they're, put, they're recommended add-ons. They're options. The, the question, um, yeah, we rec the, as far as mentioning the student equity plan, just that that makes it more specific. Isn't that a place where you would address that? Yeah, we would address it through more than just that, though, yeah. probably. So it, I get you. I so get you. So, for example, that is it like an EG. Is that acceptable? Is that accurate? Is that as long as it doesn't imply that that's the exclusive. No, it says for example. That's an example. That's yeah. what we. It's an example. And then explore or evaluate at the beginning of that sentence. I don't see how evaluate adds to no. explore. Explore is fine. I thought explore was loosey-goosey, but anyway, that's fine. I just thought we're all out exploring. I tried <laughs> I was, to I'd like to evaluate. It sounded a little more professional. But I think explore is fine for the sake of moving forward. And then the last then one. Oh, sorry, G, I, G1, technology master plan is bracketed. Yeah, it was just a question because I saw that on your list of master plans. Is that, but it's from 2008. Is that something that also yes. is relevant, needs to be updated? Yeah. Yeah. And then K1, engage in quarterly or annual review. That's, so before it said regular review, so again, just to be more specific. So we didn't, it was just a question like, would we want to do, like, revisit these, you know, annually? Would we want to revisit these quarterly? You know, but just regular was kind of vague. Like, what's regular? Well, the board itself evaluation is done every two years, so. Uh, but if we wait till two years to look at them, you know, it seems like there should be kind of an ongoing check-in, even if it's not like a day-long meeting, just, you know, how are we doing with our goals, something informal. Oh, you, you review your goals annually. This is, um, I think, meant to review the self-evaluation process. 
not the results of that process. Which are the goals? So it's annual. Two years. It is annual. Okay. So that so it would be engage an annual review of the board self evaluation process. No, you annually review your goals. Mm -hmm. You regularly review the process that leads to your goals. And we could put, uh, uh, you know, biannually or every two years there. Good. Then it would match the self-evaluate process. That makes sense. So when you do your board evaluation, you could also evaluate the process. process, Each, Mm -hmm. each, each. So biannually, I guess, would be the way that you might approach that. So that biannually. Was my, that was my suggestion. Biannually. You like it? Okay. Yeah. Does that work now? Is there a motion on the recommendation Did you have of the uh, board goal committee? I'm just throwing that out there. It doesn't biannual mean twice a year. It's I mean, actually one of those clever things that means right. twice a year. Okay, or can be either or, okay I don't want. I don't want to have to yeah. be a another discussion on the language of. I'll, whatever works for you. I'll motion with the changes. A second. For the discussion. Okay, is there any no more discussion more on this? <laughs> <laughs> All in favor of accepting the committee's report with our aye. current revisions, say aye. 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 Opposed? <laughs> nope, it's unanimous. What do you know? Okay, where the heck were we? 11.2 changes to the curriculum. Dr. Juni. So there is one new course that is part of this curriculum package, uh, Business 144, Introduction to Entrepreneurship. Um, It's actually um, been developed to add another option in the business degree that would be directed at entrepreneurship. And it's also um, been proved by the curriculum committee to be offered either as a a hybrid, um, under 51%, hybrid over 51%, or completely online. Hmm. Is there a motion? I'll move approval. Second. Wonderful. One question. Yes. Uh, Dr. Jenny, uh, so nothing ever happened of that biodynamic? Uh, that will come to the board next meeting. Oh, next meeting. Yeah, your next meeting you'll get your first round of community service uh, courses. Um, and there are, um, I'm trying to think, there, you, you will actually receive a couple. The one, one is biodynamics, and I can't think right now what the other one is. And Michelle left, so she can't. Remind me. But anyway, you'll receive those at the November board meeting. Thank you. All right. All in favor of the changes to the curriculum, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Another unanimous vote. Financial reports, <laughs> quarterly checklist, Janine Hawk. So, this is the checklist related to June 30th. Your mic, please. Thank you. This is the checklist related to um, the year ended June 30th, 2015. Um, Not any significant changes um, from the last report. We still have some issues, um, and they're the same issues. We're still at risk in the same areas, and we're still doing well in in some of the same areas. Um, So no major changes from the last time we've discussed it. Happy to answer any questions. The only thing that I saw that uh, under 13 leadership stability that we have no's um, and that includes board of trustees where we've had, you know, a significant turnover. The colors, the colors off on 13. Is that what you're talking about? So no in this context is good, so that's why it's green. Um, 
I agree that you could certainly answer this differently, um, but I think when, uh, and I initially um, had yeses, but was um, with input, it was changed to no. So, uh, but um, you know, we can we can uh, change it certainly. I, I do think there's turnover. It did come up in the accreditation report, um, so it it probably could be very well be yes instead of no. Are we talking about the board or what, what are you referring to? And also, with, yeah, upcoming changes, right? Is there yes, the CBO board, yeah. So is there a motion on 11.3.1 uh, financial reports? All motion to approve 11.3. Is there a second? Second. Gabriel beat you. Uh, maybe somebody's looking in your direction. Are we going to discuss what Trustee Mancuso brought up? Okay. I mean, she brought up a question. I just wanted question. to get clarification from Dr. So, um, Would you? I, I don't know. Do we? Okay. Do you have a question on that? Well, she brought up a question, and so. If, if it's going to be, she brought up that it could be changed, so I'm just wondering, I felt like that was a point we were supposed to So I was it. just still sort of seeking why it says no versus yes. In terms of the stability of those. Leadership. And, yeah. Well, you've got, a, you know, CEO, your president's been in for a while, so yeah. there's no issue yeah. there. You know, interim as a CBO is, is at, um, that is that is an issue. Board of Trustees are elected, and you're and you're sitting. You know, so mm -hmm. um, I think you know. I one of my colleagues has five board members up out of seven in mm -hmm. November, mm -hmm. and if all five got booted and reelected, then I think that would be <clears throat> that's where you start to address this. I think the stability on the board is. Is We've only okay. really had two. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're all yeah. new in the roles, or fairly new in the roles. You know, present company accepted, but I, I don't think that there's instability in this board. Okay. And to typify it that way doesn't. That certainly the credit creditors didn't see it that way. Okay. Yeah. I have a question number one. The no. bottom line is no, and that one good too. Is that why it's green? Does the district? Which number? Uh, number one, the last line. Does the district automatically bid and go through the estimates? That's a good thing. No, is a good thing. So that's why it's green. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, on the question, all in favor of accepting the report, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. 11.4, resolution to eliminate vacant administrative and classified positions. It is recommended that the Board of Trustees adopt a resolution to eliminate five administrative and 18 classified positions. As part of ongoing review of college staffing patterns and vacancies, a total of 23 vacant positions are scheduled to be eliminated. The 23 positions, five administrative, 18 classified, represent a total of 22.5 FTE staff. The positions were ID'd for elimination for a variety of factors, including reorganization, realignment, grant discontinuance, and fiscal stability. The resolution authorizing elimination of the positions is included in the backup packet. 
So is there I a I have a couple questions. Uh, under administrators, that coordinator technology support, is this uh, related to the position that we approved tonight? Um, actually, it is not. Um, in a previous reorganization, that was a lower-level administrative position that we, due to budget constraints, we never advertised for that position, so it was never filled at any time, but it was on the books. So really, the intent of this is to sort of clean up what is on salary schedules or is, quote, on the books. So this is part of our position control movement in terms of just because a department may have had a position in the past, whether administrative or classified, it doesn't mean that when it vacates, it's automatically going to be refilled because our needs change and our priorities change. So we have a new system of evaluating when there is a vacancy, will that position be filled or not, or do we need a different kind of position? Okay. So while these positions are being eliminated, again, some of them are are positions that haven't been filled for years that went away because of a grant discontinuance. I had um, my staff do some research, and from 2010 to 2015, we actually had 18 new positions. So essentially, those new positions replace the ones that are here. So it is an effort to get our position control in better shape. Okay, I, I hear that, and I certainly I think I understand that. But for the other one I would ask about an administrative is the associate dean for, his, uh, for the nursing program. If that ever, uh, my question is, okay, so we eliminated here. Mm -hmm. we ever come to a time we make a change and we want to create, then we... We can absolutely create a new position. Another, uh, without having to go beyond the institution. I mean, it's just within the... Correct. Okay. We, can always, we can always bring a position back at a later date. And then down into the classified, the uh, community ed technician. Uh, yeah, we did a, a staffing pattern change there in terms of office staff um, several years ago. And uh, one, the recommendation was to eliminate that one position. But instead, we, we actually have two support positions up there right now, an administrative assistant and a secretary for, both of which are at a higher classification than the community ed tech. Okay. Then down into the PE and of the athletics equipment attendant, we... Because that, that position we eliminated, we actually transferred the employee to another department, and the, the, the administrator at the time did not feel it was necessary to have that because we have a PE athletic equipment attended to position. And so there with, with uh, that position, just the one position is sufficient to manage that area. And then the last one, the Secretary 3 for workability, I'm assuming that that's eliminated because we've eliminated the program. That is correct. Okay. Thank you. I'll move approval. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 11.5, Napa Valley Regional Consortium. Now, Rebecca, now. Yeah. Authority for membership of the leadership group. It is recommended that the Board of Trustees designate the President and Vice President of Instruction or designee Vice President of Administrative Services, or designee, and the Dean of Career Tech Education, or designee, as authorized agents of Napa Valley Community College District Board of Trustees and the governance structure of the Napa Valley Regional Consortium. This designation will grant college employees in these positions authority to vote on proposals and other matters. Napa Valley College and Napa Valley Unified School District are members of this Adult Education Consortium 
that was formed in response to Assembly Bill 86, Section 76, Article 3, and Assembly Bill 104. Move to approve. Is there a second? Second. Anything, anyone on the motion? I just was trying to clarify. So, so that Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Kraft, you haven't been involved at this point, and now you're going into the team. Is that the idea? I'm confused. This no, gives us a in seat at the table, but we've been involved. Oh, okay. But, but this it gives you like a vote yeah. now. They're bringing in the big guns to negotiate those yeah, final points. Yeah. Okay. In case they're stuck in the mud, they can move it along. <laughs> Thank you. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? 11.6, Board Appointment, District Auxiliary Services Foundation Board. It is recommended that the Board of Trustees appoint Bill Hardy to the District Auxiliary Services Board of Directors. Board of Directors. This, the term of the appointment shall be one year, effective October 8th, 2015, and may be renewed. Mr. Hardy is replacing John Johnson on the board of the Napa Valley College Foundation Board Representative. DAS is a public benefit nonprofit corporation that functions as an auxiliary organization, organization to promote and assist the programs at Napa Valley College. Move approval. Second. On the question, anyone? I think it's a really good call. I think well, Hardy's a great So do I. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 No opposition on that one. Okay, 11.7, .7, new or revised board policies, second reading. This is a second reading of the recommended adoption of the following new, revised, or to be repealed board policies. And you can all read below what those policies are. And on the bottom says, in keeping with board policy 1140, college governance, decision-making, and responsibilities, these policies were reviewed by the Council of Presidents as appropriate by the Mutual Agreement Committee. On the question 11.7, .7, is there a motion? I'll approve. Is there a second? I'll second it. Okay, on the question, is there anyone? All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Okay. That's it for action items. Board reports. Standing Committee's Viticulture and Winery Foundation. Michael, do you have anything? Um, Raphael's not here tonight. No, I do not. No. Okay, Redevelop Redevelopment Oversight Committee. Well, we actually um, did meet, and uh, the current chair is Josh, and I don't remember his last name, the Unified School District. Is there a CBO? See, uh, I don't know who this is. Um, short guy with the uh, dark beard. Anyway, he uh, he asked me about uh, if we'd sold the uh, the Menlo property, and I said no. All we've done is turn down your your offer at this point. Uh, the but that was a side note. The the uh, there is not going to be closure for probably at least a year, maybe another two years. The piece of property which the city still owns. Um, is the fire museum on the corner of Pearl and Main. And uh, there's actually two parcels. And the parking lot uh, uh, is fairly simple. However, when they did the creek, the part of the flood control, there was some sort of uh, uh, 
drainage piece underneath the fire museum that has to be resolved before that can be sold. But um, they hope to have it on the market, and its value is uh, um, about 1.2, I think, million is what they're looking at. Um, so that's the that and the other parcel that I've mentioned is this loading dock by Coles and and uh, the city is going to recommend I think just deeding that because it you know there's nobody else that's going to want it or need to do with it so um, there is there will be I, I don't think probably you've received anything yet but there should be some additional money. Uh, Two more payments, I think, before before we finally get it closed. And I could be wrong because the state, you know, comes up with some little uh, gee, you didn't think about this kind of thing or you know, an additional report. But um, anyway, it's still alive at this point. It's alive. Okay. Did, did you forget this one? The twelve point one point three. Twelve point one point three. We're not there yet. Oh. Okay, sorry. I thought we were going into board reports. No, she's on, on the redevelopment committee. Oh, okay. The standing committee, yeah. Standing, right. Legislative Affairs Committee, um, let's see, I think we reported last month that we had an organizational, organizational meeting. Statement to read? Oh, well then, well, please read. This is what we came up with. The primary responsibility of the Legislative Affairs Committee is to advise the Napa Valley College Board of Trustees on local, state, and federal legislation affecting community college and general advocacy strategies. The committee actively recognizes that the actions of local, state, and national legislators have significant imp impact on the workings of our college and actively advocates with legislators on behalf of students. The committee tracks legislation of interest to community colleges and works directly with legislators to amend, defeat, or promote legislation to improve our ability to help students succeed. Thank you, Gabriel. Well done. That's, and that's all, all the report for that committee. I had a question. Uh, wasn't a, the accreditation ad hoc committee dissolved last meeting? Uh, we decided to wait until the actual visit was done just in case mm -hmm. something popped up. And so now we're on to 12.2, and I think uh, unless there's an objection, we can dissolve that committee, the accreditation committee. Yeah, I would just like to say I, Michael and Marianne and I met with the chair of the committee, and... Uh, uh, his his uh, I'm sure a number of other people in the room have as well. But his his positive attitude of we're not here to find things wrong. We're here as much to find out uh, what you're doing, uh, what you're doing well, and uh, what can we can steal from you and take back to our colleges. So you know when you feel like there's not somebody uh, you know, witch hunting, you tend to be a little more open and, and straightforward. So. Uh, and then I did sit in on the forum uh, Wednesday, Marianne and I did, and uh, just the general feeling of the team itself was, was positive, which was good. 
But yes, I agree. It's time to dissolve it, the committee. So that committee is hereby dissolved. <laughs> um, trustee reports 12.3. Ms. Martinson, go ahead, take okay. it away. All right. Um, so I'm actually helping us with one of our board goals right now. It said about increasing knowledge base related to educational and work tra workforce training needs in the community. I have, I don't know if everybody got a copy. Um, can you put it up, Carly? So this comes from the County of Napa. It's their 2015 report. Um, there's, there were two pages related to um, those working in the community and where they're working. And I thought there were two facts that they highlighted that were really important. So one of them was that only two of the 11 largest local employers are wine and tourism related. Government, government makes up five of the largest employers. So um, if you look at the list that they give, you know, the top employers are the Veterans Home, the County, Napa State Hospital, Napa Unified, Queen of the Valley, Pacific Union College, Napa Valley College, and it's pretty far down before you get to uh, a wine um, uh, employer, which is Treasury Wine. Um, so that's the first page. The second page. Um, has a statistic that's highlighted. It says 74% of employees in Napa do not work in the wine or tourism industries. So that shocks, shocked me. It shocked a lot of people that I talked to about this. Um, I think everybody thinks that everybody's working in wine and tourism, maybe because it's unique to this area and it's very visible as an industry, but um, according to the county's own report, 74% uh, of those living, working in Napa County do not work in wine or tourism. So I just think that's that's an important statistic. Um, whenever I meet somebody from out of this area, they always ask me right away, do you work in the wine industry? Like, they assume everybody works in the wine industry, and most of us are, you know, are not working in the wine industry or well, hospitality. Owns, owns vineyard. Right? <laughs> you own a vineyard, right? So I think that's important. Um, and it relates... So the second thing I wanted to talk about is um, the campus master plan. Um, but when it was presented to us, we all offered our different opinions and thoughts, um, but it took me a while to, to process everything, and so I just had a couple more thoughts I just wanted to share. Um, it's kind of related to these statistics. Um, and also my own experience as a high school counselor, and that's the idea of having a hotel on campus. Um, I've thought about this a lot, and I just want to say I don't support having a hotel on campus. Um, if it's just to raise revenue, then that's fine. You should just say that's what it is. But as far as this idea that we need a hotel so that students can learn how to work in a hotel, I just disagree with that concept. Um, in the five years I've been working with seniors, I, I talked to every single one about what they're going to do after high school. And I've never had a student tell me they want to go to college to learn how to work in a hotel. Not even as a, you know, you know, in the management side, just it's just never happened. Um, for those students wanting to learn how to work in a hotel, there's plenty that they can intern in. So I just, I just want to put that out there. That I, I just, I, I don't agree with it. So I just, I want to say that. Um, I also looked at wages in hospitality, um, and they're not living wages for Napa County. Um, hospitality makes including the supervisors, $14.37 per hour. That's for all employees in hospitality. Uh, if you take out the supervisory employees, they only make $12.45 per hour. So um, it's not a living wage. So anyway, I just don't support training hotel workers. Um, 
so I just want to say that. The second thing kind of related, um, the vineyard. I like the vineyard. <laughs> I like it where it's at. Um, you know, I think it's unique. Um, it, it, well, it's what our valley is about. It's beautiful, but it's also it reflects a unique program that we offer that not very many colleges have. Um, so I think that it's a very visible, um, you know, it's visibly showing a, a program that we have that's unique to our community college. I think some signage might be good to indicate that it's a Napa Valley College vineyard. Um, there's no signage, so I think that would be a good idea, but I just want to say I like the vineyard. Um, and as far as the tasting room, I know Raphael mentioned that, you know, we didn't want office space there. I, I totally agree. He mentioned maybe a tasting room there. But if you look up and down the valley, usually you don't have your tasting room right on the highway. Usually you have your vineyard on the highway, and then you have your tasting room off the highway. So I just want to put out there just the idea of having a vineyard like the rest of the valley. You know, you could have your signage, you know, directing people upstream low to a tasting room. And, you know, it's very charming driving upstream low um, to a tasting room. That would be very charming. So anyway, I just like the idea of the vineyard and maybe a tasting room at the back um, off street low. So anyway, those are my thoughts on the campus master plan. I've got a question for you on this front page. Owens Corning. I didn't know there was an Owens Corning plant in Napa County. Where is it? I don't know what it is. They make glass products. I don't know. I don't know that either. That's probably um, um, Cal Glass, which is kind of their sales arm of Owens Corning. And Owens Corning has the, uh, the facility on... Well, San Leandro, Oakland, on your way to the on the right-hand side, it's one of the oldest glass plants in in uh, Western United States, and it makes most a lot of your. Uh, Would there be a smaller one in American Canyon? No, there there is not. It's it's warehousing for the glass oh, industry. Okay. So, um, I I too find this surprising. But every one of these on the page two of the handout, leisure and hospitality, how many people would not come here if there wasn't a wine industry? Uh, the government, uh, Ag Commissioner's Office, that's, that's specifically staffed for the wine industry. Trade and transportation, they're transporting beverage products, which is made here, which is manufactured goods. That's wine. Um, uh, and mining, logging, and everything else that's uh, to support the construction of, of wineries and, and facilities. Uh, look at um, every, every one of these has a direct tie to the hospitality, tourism, and, and, um, and the industry and support. Just, uh, you know, there's how many faculty here, and then how many classified to support the, the operations. If, if there wasn't the college, you wouldn't have the, the faculty and the staff. So um, I, I think we really get to meet, uh, there's a, a need to know our, our um, community here. And the more we know, the, the better we could serve uh, the potential employers and the students to give them the, the right education and training. So um, I appreciate this. I, I just uh, would question it as we drill down into the detail. Is that your report, or is it just a reply to her report? Because if it is, you can continue on and give the report you're going to give as long as you've got the floor. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I was just questioning that. Uh, if. I don't think this is intended to be a debate on what we want, what programs we should have or, or not. Um, 
but you know there's as we learn more about the college um, and it's who we serve uh, we'll better be able to provide programs that serve those students um, I was just going to say uh, thank you again to the accreditation team and and um, I was su surprised and delighted to see the slurry coat out there and the restriping of the parking lot uh, because I was getting a little uh, tough there and coincidentally I, I did look at um, Noble House and they did purchase the uh, the wine industry and if you look at the wine train the wine train excuse me and uh, thank you and and their river terrace and how it's expanding and you look at their their um, uh, river terrace in advertising for positions there's 14 positions there I believe um, and yes I agree with Amy that some of them would be questionable if you could have actually have a living wage here but you also have two uh, hotel line cook, a line, another line cook, a, an auditor, uh, and and along with that, we what we fail to see is the event planning aspect of it, uh, which requires highly educated people to understand not just the the details, but the the larger picture of the management of these properties, and that's so very important. If um, um, that we take a look at that and uh, I would even suggest that contacting Noble houses they have properties all over the world um, How do you spell noble noble like uh, n-o-b-l-e -N yeah that's where I'd spell it but I know you and, can do it with yeah, there, there are world-class uh, companies here not only in the wine business but also in hospitality that are spending millions of dollars here and I'd have to say that there are positions, there are partnerships that, that need exploring. And uh, thank you very much. Joanne? Uh, I uh, really don't want to add to our time, but this this that's on the board right here is a, you know, is a serious problem in the Valley. So we can talk about, you know, increased businesses and that sort of thing but we're talking about commuters I mean looking at this um, not only I mean these these are the numbers to buy a house here but there's nothing available so um, it's, it's sort of a moot point anyway the, my only other comment is the um, the request Dr. Kraft that we attend two or three of the events for um, uh, Pro, the, performing arts, the performing arts center i'll trade you two volleyball games a soccer game and two basketball games i like it All okay right. you on. got a deal <laughs> I like it. gabriel what we got Actually, actually, don't have much of a report other than um, I look forward to attending um, the CSAW, the California Community Colleges Students Affairs Association. I'm not sure. Um, we're, yeah, we're having a, um, a, I guess a board, re not retreat, but we're all going to that, or most of us are going to that. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me, or at least for this week. Thanks. Not very eventful. It's okay. Kyle, you're up. I don't have much to report on. Um, hey, Marianne, you're up. 
Quite the experience meeting with the accreditation team, Dr. Llewellyn, and I forget who his counterpart was that we met with, but uh, he was a CEO from Hartnell, Hartnell I think, but um, it was really informative, and one of the things that I thought they asked about was the educational master plan and facilities master plan, and I think that that's all stuff that we're all aware of, and working towards and I think we're doing a good job and I also wanted to all the emails that I've been reading from classified have been it's huge to see that kind of camaraderie across the campus so I wanted to point that out as well but be working on your Halloween costume <laughs> can I go as a trustee <laughs> I wouldn't no, that no, could be dangerous you have to wear a tie <laughs> Thank you, Marianne. Okay, so um, I found it recently, this uh, Napa County Elected Women's Group. And uh, we had our first luncheon. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was small because we, you know, sort of got it going kind of quick. But uh, Barbara Nimco showed up and uh, some city council members and... Uh, other board members, school board members, and one of the things that came out of it that was what we were hoping anyway uh, is that Barbara Nemco is working with one of our former colleagues on the Workforce Investment Board. That's how I met Barbara a decade ago, um, and his name is Bill Chrysler. I don't know how many people are familiar with Chrysler and Associates, but if you've seen the big bow and arrow, on the Embarcadero in San Francisco, or the rabbit at the Sacramento airport, or the horses at P.F. Chang's, right in little old American Canyon, that's where those are made. And, um, and so Bill is going to be working with uh, Barbara, and, uh, and I think she's, they're going to be approaching the college as well to work on some... Uh, programs to get people working with Bill and what they do there and their fabrication. I mean, they take, it's really pretty interesting if you haven't gone through. I think it'd be great for all of us to go through uh, his place and see what they do there because it's all technology. It's, it's an artist taking something this big and then they do the fabrication work that makes it giant. Um, so that was really cool, and what we were hoping to really come out of uh, our get-together is, you know, supporting what's going on and just information, just informing each other. And then um, I also met with the new principal at American Canyon High School. Great guy. He's really, really interested in getting out, of the, getting out in the community. He's part of the community. He lives in American Canyon. And... Um, uh, I think that he'll be someone who's going to be very proactive and uh, getting some things going that kind of have fallen through the cracks over time. And then uh, also I want to mention accreditation and the forum. Um, I thought it was good sitting down very casually, Joanne, Michael, and I with Dr. Llewellyn. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but I also sat in on the forum, and I thought... Uh, 
I know Amanda spoke, and she, you know, talked about student success, and um, Jose uh, Sanchez stood up and talked about his his participation, or classifieds participation, in the process and um, and being more involved, and um, and it was great because it was more about tell us what's great going on you know, at Napa Valley College, so everybody got a chance to, you know, speak and say something wonderful. And then last but not least, go cards! Card <laughs> 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 of baseball. Couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, the umqua, yeah. Um... Dr. Kraft, Dr. Juni, and I went to the North Bay Apprentice Coordinators meeting over at the uh, IBW Hall to meet with the various coordinators to discuss the feasibility of having the, tra- the career fair at Napa College. And I think it was a very productive meeting, and it needs more work, obviously, to get it done. This really goes to what Amy was talking about, is that jobs with not only livable wages but benefits. So I'm, I'm really big on this, which leads to... I'm, I'm on the, uh, the TIP committee, which is Trades Introduction Program, and they're working on a draft MOU, which actually comes from the Chancellor's Office. There's representatives from Santa Rosa JC, Marin College. I'm there from Napa, plus the apprentice coordinators from various building trades in, in the North Bay. And it's something I'm very high on, and hopefully this can... Uh, bear some fruit. It could also possibly, if it works out right, uh, bring some FTEs to the college. So a lot of good potential there. Went to the reception for, I'm not even going to try his last name, Paul G., the new uh, new wine guy. Nice reception, really nice guy. Talked to his wife for a while, and very nice couple. And uh, accreditation was was fine. I had, uh, I was... I was talking to Jessica Milliken beforehand. I said, I have this vision of a dark room with a bright light and somebody asking me, where was I on the night of the 26th? And fortunately, it wasn't like that. It was, it was really good. But one takeaway I had from it, again, the gentleman whose name I can't remember, the CEO from Hartnell, who talked about the role of a trustee. And we've always talked about being involved with the college but not micromanaging. And he had a phrase that, kind of says it all, I think. This is uh, hands-on, fingers out. And it makes a lot of sense. I, I kind of like that. It's stuck with me. So That was that. And uh, does anybody want to go back into closed session? No. no? You sure? Okay. No more closed session. Uh, and, and hope to see everyone at the November meeting on November 12th. Same bat time, same bat station. As we adjourn, I would like to request a a moment of silence for the victims at uh, Umpqua Community College and keep them in our class. We stand in adjournment.